just want to give a. Uh, I just want to give VHS a quick little tip here. The next time you're in the host's chair, that red button unmutes my mic. Cool. They still heard me. Yeah, yeah, we can still hear yeah, yeah, but not the roadcaster though. They still heard me. So what? Maybe you should have said something before you walked out. Welcome to the SoCal Shepherd Show. Recorded and broadcasted live on Twitch from the SoCal Syndicate Studios. Joining the show are your co-hosts, VHS, Tuka, and Gooey. Join SoCal and the Syndicate as they ramble on about the latest news in the furry community, real-world events, and whatever may pop up in their heads. And now, here's your Shep from the West, SoCal Shepherd. All right, we are back for another one, guys. We have episode 35 coming your way. This is the SoCal Shepherd Show. I am your Shepherd in the West, SoCal Shepherd. Joining you alongside with me in the studio, we have VHS Dragonus. And joining us over Discord, we have Tuka and Gooey. And hanging out with us tonight, we have Cassidy. What is going on, guys? What is going on? Hey. I'm chilling. Hello, everybody. <laughs> We just got finished with a food debate, uh, semi. <laughs> Again? About, uh, yeah, food. in like pre-show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, some habits die hard. Some habits really die hard. Um, you guys I just want to talk about pretentious redesigns. Have you guys heard of the, the, the Pepsi redesign that was happening? No, that's not. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the Burger King logo. Oh, are we really going to go balls well, we, yes. we, we can We can agree, though, that, uh, you know, if... if Soft drinks were fast foods. Uh, Coke would be McDonald's and Burger King would be Pepsi, right? Hmm, that's controversial. That's controversial right there. <laughs> Can you repeat? Wait, what? What? I for- I missed the ranking. <laughs> <laughs> McDonald's is Coca-Cola and Burger King is Pepsi. Like, they're, it's there. Wait. And some people swear by it, but it's not the other one. You know. Okay. okay so. Mm. Okay. So, what was going? I, on? I have no. I have no loyalty to any fast food chain. I. I go wherever the coupons lead me. Okay. True. I, that, no I respect. That. I respect that. that. Yes. Yeah. I respect that. It's yeah. always the coupons that drag me in. So while we were. So the discourse we were having during the pre-show is so. Um, we were talking about the burger. We were talking about the Burger King logo and how they retrofitted it back to the one back, uh, you know, because you know how the modern Burger King logo it, it's all like kind of flashy. It has like the li- the blue line between it and everything, and they just simply referred it back to the one from the nineteen seventies. I fuck with that, right? Some things don't need to and change. And Gooey is over here saying it's a minimalistic redesign. Is this like Gooey? Have you even seen the original Burger King logo from like the seventies? I've gone to Burger King like twice in my lifetime. Once when I was like six. I've never seen the 80s logo before. <laughs> Man, you are missing out. Yeah. Honestly, well, I mean, SoCal already knows why I kind of dropped Burger King because like y'all already know because like when I ate that uh, Bacon King, which was dry as fuck, by the way, there was a long ass blonde hair that was in my throat and I pulled that shit out oh, like God. it was a clown trick or something. <laughs> and my mom was just watching me in horror. I'm like, what in the hell? <laughs> this oh was my in my God. food. Oven. That was like, like a, bad. Pepsi, like who willingly goes to Burger King? I Nobody mean, goes to Burger King it's, willingly. It's the, coo- it's the coupons, man. It's the coupons. That is not true. Yeah. People you go to Burger coupons. King when you just happen to be on the other don't, side don't, of town. Don't count out. Don't count out Whopper Wednesday. See, there you go. There, there you go. Do we even have that? Oh, there's shit. Two, is is Whopper Wednesday re- still a thing? It is here in Canada. Oh, man. man. 
there, there's two reasons you go to Burger King. One, you're high and you're just you have the munchies. No, two, that's not, a, not really. That's on the McDonald's Taco Bell. Dude, that's Jack that's Taco Bell yeah, doing. Taco no. Bell. No, um, no. Wait, I, I mean, you're not wrong, though. For, for like Burger King, I think that's the only reason people go to it, though. I can't no, remember that's Taco Bell. where this yeah. is, but there's like a there's like a Whopper, but there's like chocolate on it. That's like in another. It's like Vietnam. Uh, look it up. Look up chocolate Whopper. I forgot where it Switzerland? is. It's in. Uh, uh, hold on. I think you searched it. Um, there it is. <laughs> that's so random. That was an April Fool's prank. Find me someone who's oh, like. Oh, it became a natural thing in Taiwan. Yes, Taiwan. It was in Taiwan. Wait, that... chocolate whopper. Oh my god! Pull that up. What is that monstrosity? Chocolate whopper. Seen how many Kit Kats they have over in Japan? Oh, I envy oh, that so much. I mean, uh, in the Philippines. I mean, in the Philipp- in the Philippines, uh, McDonald's has spaghetti. I would I would eat the chocolate whopper. You know what? what? I'm with you. I would. To- I you don't know, care. I'm a chocolate. Enthusiast. I'm like. We have, I have no problem trying like weird things. We have like the fair near uh, Vancouver here. And one year they had like one of those uh, cricket burgers and I ate that like crickets and all. Like I don't really? give a crap. Like Ooh, whatever. Nice. Wow. Like <laughs> I, I'm, I'm fine. This sounds, you know what? Okay. Oh, it was just like, <laughs> it was like a really like, it would, uh, crickets, at least the way they were prepared for the burger sort of tasted like, um, I guess you'd say like less dense peanuts. They had like that crunch and almost oh. sort of that sort of taste, mm. but they were very like light. Well, and they're dead too, right? So that's you know extra I mean? protein. That's a little less weird, right? Yeah, you got all that yeah. protein in there and everything. Yeah. I know we have like, I mean, every, every Silicon Valley company is like, oh, so, uh, uh, insect protein is the protein of the future. Sure. So you're not like, wrong. I don't know. Hey, get on board with it. Jungle gyms out here in Cincinnati. Hey, uh, do you remember when they were trying to push food. that agenda? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember that. They were Shit. trying to push like bugs onto people. Like, let's have like I can't help but feel like they're trying to push that more into poor people though. Just like, hey guys, just eat bugs and we'll and the rich people yeah. eat nicer. I mean, you know, I mean, there's people that eat bugs for like a living. Like sometimes that's all they have and. And some bugs are delicacies in other countries. Like, don't forget yep, that's that. That's true. Yeah, especially hey, in like uh, Asia. Sur- Survivor Man Les Stroud. You know, uh, you know. Um, shout out to Canada. But right. uh, yeah, Survivor Man Les Stroud ate bugs out when he was out surviving for seven days. Yep. And mm-hmm. also, and also, um, we uh, don't give that man enough credit. Right. I mean, like my one of my personal dreams is to be on the show Survivor. So if I have to eat a few bugs, I really don't care. I'll d- I'll do whatever I need right. to do. <laughs> I well, mean, we know she gonna survive, y'all. So if the apocalypse hit, she's gonna be like, "All right, y'all go. go, y'all want your McDonald's, but I'll eat this cricket and be gassette." But I wanted, yeah. but I wanted to throw out there was uh, insects are actually a huge delicacy in like in a lot of Asian countries as well. And like I said, oh, high yeah. in protein and nutrients. Yep. So yeah, it's just yeah, over in the West, we just decided that anything that had more than four legs was inedible, and that's I think just a Western thing. Yeah, <laughs> pretty I mean, much. Like, <laughs> about a lot of religions out out east, uh, they think we're crazy for eating like you know cow and pig. Yep, exactly. It, I, I've always caught like grasshoppers and crickers, crickets. So to like try to think about eating them just is like a foreign concept to me. Yeah, I, mean, you know? I don't blame because, like you know, like I said in the like mentioned in the West, like we're so used to eating our fast foods and all these other things, and it kind of seems a little bit alien to eat insects. You know what I mean? Right. It's just not really not that normalized here than it is in to other be fair, countries. Do catch a wild boar? 
wild oh i'd love to catch one Ooh, yeah. i actually yeah. wanted to like hunt really good. Is a lot easier than catching a wild boar you gotta be careful a wild boar kill like so many people every year they're like oh so yeah early. oh yeah you don't fuck with those and, like people like hunting for like, like the, yeah out here the 500 wild boars running through his backyard while his kids play or something especially in texas there's actually a boar outbreak here and you can actually get paid to hunt down boars really oh, shit. Shit. yeah boars People often forget boars fuck up the environment. They fuck up anything in, in your path. And if you accidentally release, like, a pig from your farm, it'll just, like, revert back into a boar, like fucking, like a werewolf. <laughs> oh, shit, it's actually a thing. Especially, don't forget, like, Florida. Yep. They, um, boars are actually, they're, they're, they're a nuisance as well. Oh, yeah. Y'all y'all ever seen the YouTube show Some More News? Some More yeah. I don't yeah. talk about Co- rings a bell. Cody, yeah, Cody does like uh, basically like either yearly or twice a year episodes recapping the like amidst all the political stuff that they talk about because it's like a, a left progressive show. Uh, like there's always one episode or two episodes a year where they talk about how invasive the boar are, how wild they're spreading all over, how they outnumber Americans now in the U.S., how the number of boar have doubled since the 80s. It's like it's insane and how there's like radioactive boars in Europe and it's, it's yeah. Watch Radio- those if you have radioactive boars. What? Did I hear that? Cor- wow. I, I, you yes. heard that correctly. Holy shit. You gotta watch it. You gotta watch the boar episodes of the show. It's very, they're very good. Adding that. Well, anyways, uh, despite the whole little food debate. Um, so me and VHS here have got the needle. We have the juice. I got the juice and Lord, my arm be hurting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, you, which one did you get? You got the Moderna, right? I did. And then you were just. <laughs> yeah, you, you got the Moderna and I got the Pfizer. We're on our first doses now. It's just like for me, I had no reaction. Man. But the only thing that I kind of had for like a few days was like a sort was soreness right at the injection site. Mine's literally started like four hours after I got it. And then like as the day progressed, it got worse. And like here I am day two and I can barely lift my arm over my head and there's just like this weird burning and itching sensation while it hurts at the same time so i don't know but i'm i didn't break out in anything but and i feel just fine i feel normal but that's the only downside that's like the only seen in 5g yet i need proof (laughs) like if you if you you turn off your phone does it run off of 5g (laughs) while it's in your hand man right (laughs) so i mean no, no. Or is like, that was the other vaccine? I don't know. I, mean, the Johnson and Johnson one. Yeah, 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 that's the one. It's got to yeah. be that one. Hmm. Well, I know for sure. I, I know for sure. I know for sure that I go back for my second shot on the eighth of April. So I'll be fully vaccinated before my birthday. Yay! Yay I will not. Nice. I right. gotta wait four weeks. Hell well. yeah. Four weeks? What? Yeah, don't know why, but they just told me, come back in four weeks. Just the same thing for my grandfather, so I don't know. <laughs> oh, damn. It's all good, though. I mean, four weeks damn. go by like that, so. Yeah, then whatever. again, I mean, we are we yeah, are pro- we are protected from the evil, so we're good. Coronavirus! Still processing, <laughs> you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I'd be honest, I Man. was kind of a little nervous about it. Because it's like, I don't know, it's like, I haven't gotten like a, sh- a shot since I was like little. So I'm like, hmm, here I am again getting that. But um, yeah, it's all good. In some ways, I feel like I've been like trying to like desensitize myself to like needles and stuff because I've purposely been like trying to donate blood as much as possible. So right. I'm trying to like right. slowly like 
reduce it so I don't even like flinch. I'm still not there, but I'm like slowly trying to get better at it. Cause I feel like to be in my twenties and still flinching at a needle, I feel like, come on. Like I've, I've been conquering my swallowing pills fear. So now I need to just get over the needles thing and I'm good. You know, that's like, normal. Like, right. You know, right. So no, no. Like when I went to go to, so like, um, so Arizona, so the state of Arizona has these drive-in, um, you know, vaccination sites. And that's what I did over at the state park, uh, state farm stadium. And so I drove there and then like, literally I was checking the heart rate on my Apple watch. It, it went from like 82, 88, 90, 100 110 and it maxed out at 122 because i was just i was like so scared to fucking needle man i was just just like oh shit and then when i went and got the injection i didn't feel anything at all i was like wait no that's it so i panicked all for nothing it's all i mean like i said like a a fear of needles is totally normal so like i don't blame you at all it's so much like build up you know you're panicking so much and, and then it's just so fast it's like five seconds at most. I'm terrified of needles. I have to admit, especially since when we had to go to Russia, I had to get the um, bird flu and the yellow virus uh, to oh my go God. there. And the needle, the needle for yellow fever is like fucking huge. It is probably one of the biggest needles you will ever see. Oh, <laughs> like, like what? Like how? Like how long would you estimate that needle would be? How long? That Jesus. Ooh. I forgot there's different size yeah. for certain. Now, are we talking like length or are we talking like circumference? Because I imagine the other one would be more terrifying than the other. It, it is It is thick. It is a thick shot. It is thick as fuck. And, oh, God. oh, my God. I don't, I don't think I'll be going to Russia anytime uh, soon after hearing that. Needles, apparently. Oh God, no, man! Fuck that. I mean, that that just remi- that just reminds me of like when people a couple weeks ago on TikTok were like sticking epipens into like a plastic container and then being like, "Wow, look how long the needle is on the epipen!" And then the comments are like, "Yo, I'd rather die than have that stuck in me." And it's like, well, uh, yeah, okay, kind of will. Uh, that's an easy choice to make i guess it's pretty much like ride or die <laughs> right yeah <laughs> oh shit man it's like oh. look homie you either gonna just pass away or you gonna take this needle what's it gonna be People like, literally like death is the like easiest it, way it, out it's, it's, cool. it's like it's like real talk though just get the vaccine it's not it's not gonna do yeah. you any harm you know honestly get it over with like i understand some people like have like like only like a small portion of the population even had any breakouts. Right. But people are making so many rumors and shit, especially the conservatives. My Lord have mercy. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, I mean, I can understand this. You got the, the, um, the skeptical kind of thoughts about that. the vaccine is just like, I mean, some reasons are valid. Some are just like ridiculous, ridiculously over the top, but it's just like, just get the vaccine so we can just it's calm this always- pandemic down. And my we, favorite is the whole I need to do my own research or the the facts aren't there. It's like, um, oh, God, they've yeah, this, they've been working on this vaccine since it, the virus was <laughs> found out. Like, there's no it, it's not like they're also just like, oh, by the way, here's this virus. Here's this uh, vaccine. Like, it's been working nonstop, just like the people in the ER have been working nonstop. Right. You, you favorite, like, nutcase conspiracy from conservatives. Remember when they were telling about how they were hiding, like, tracking chips and yeah someone like commented on my post yeah, saying that jokingly like a, of course but yeah. you know the one the <laughs> one ridiculous one i heard was people say there's like baby fetuses in it i'm just like what oh stem cells like oh, when trump got like so-called the cocktail of like uh oh when, vi- he, when he had the virus right the vaccine oh, yeah God. there's like there's a bunch of dead babies in there i'm like give me a fucking break like I'm- 
I the paranoia is real. I actually forgot he caught the virus, as a matter of fact. And um, that was that. the time when Twitter, all of us around the world just became closer than ever. It right. was like <laughs> there was like this universal feeling that was lifted. We're like the man who denied it got it. And it was on a full moon on like the beginning of October. And so everybody was just like, Yep, called it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that shit was funny. I thought oh, that man. was just. Bad. I thought there was. I thought there actually was some kind of uh, not like the uh, what you said the stem cell stuff in the vaccine. Isn't there actually like? Uh, I, I just, it's not like not the abortion stuff, but like there right. is something in it though that comes from that, right? Like fetal tissue or something. Oh, there is something in it. Oh well, I mean, I believe so. I, I, I mean, I kind of want to dismiss those those claims. I mean, if, I, I can't. I'm not going to say so because I can't, you know, confirm that at all. I'm not a doctor. Right. I cannot. No, I can't really answer that question. But yeah. Other, otherwise, we'd be spreading misinformation. So yeah, but yeah. Whatever happened? I'm like look. attempting to Google it right now because I swear I read like an actual news article explaining it and saying that like no, it's not like a like you know, the babies or whatever. It's actually this thing, which is stem cell related, but it's not the same. Like, you know, it's just like the overgeneralization that was the problem, mm -hmm. but it right. actually does use something. I, I don't remember. I'm not a scientist, uh, but I don't, I don't remember. Right. Yeah, no, <laughs> and I it's definitely don't enough that people are like, Oh yeah, that's, 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 that's too close for comfort. Right. And I definitely don't want to make a, make us look like we're ignorant or something. But, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For sure. And I mean, like, I don't even know if that's necessarily like a, a deal breaker, right? Because it's like right. scientists, they're not killing babies. They know what they're <laughs> oh, doing. Oh, God, no. <laughs> Never. Mm -hmm. Nah. No way. Well, anyways, let's go ahead and move on here. Um, So, Cassidy. Hi. <laughs> Hello. Who you be? Who I be? Who you um, be? Well, <laughs> I hey, am... Parker. Uh, as they said, I am Cassidy the Civet. I am a furry from Vancouver, Canada, or for people that are local, uh, Port Moody, not actually Vancouver, but it's too small a city that anyone else wouldn't know where it is. Uh, I am a musician in the fandom, part-time dancer occasionally, uh, content creator, all-around good vibes, uh, hand-outer person. Uh, yeah, I mean... I don't know what else to say about myself. Like <laughs> it's a good start. Good start. So um, we actually, um, so me and V here, we actually checked you out at the uh, virtual TFF concert. Um, I love that. Just earlier today, you were no, you were killing it, girl. You were you were getting it out. Your um, original music, honestly, uh, was just amazing. Especially the one that was inspired by um, How to Train Your Dragon. It fit perfectly. <laughs> honestly, I, it reminded me of like like a. Um, a dis like a, a song from a Disney movie, honestly, like maybe like older Disney or like maybe I guess I'll just throw in like Frozen or something. It was just very original, and I absolutely loved it in the instrumental. Um, it was fantastic. It's really well I enjoyed done. it a really lot. Really well done. That's really oh, sad. Thank you so I much. Like it. it's inspiring. You have like really inspiring music, and the lyrics are moving as well. And some of the other folk songs I've never heard of as well. The, your performance was fantastic. I enjoyed every last minute of it. It was great. I, I like to do songs that are like special to me. And I, that's how I write a lot of my music too. I like to, I think I put a lot more emotion into my stuff than I think is what is typically expected of like a pop song or like right. pop music. 
And that's what I think separates me. Like, I don't want to call my stuff something really like pretentious, like, oh, it's thoughtful pop. <laughs> right. But, right. No, you guys. I, <laughs> it's it's pop music. And like the the How to Train Your Dragon one, uh, that one's got so much support behind it. Like, I'm trying to do like an animated music video for it right now. That's been in development for like a year. Oh, my uh, God. oh wow. OK. Yeah, I'm so I'm directing that trying to find animators. I had one I have one animator who's like the the person that's like doing most of it, but they're like I need help. So I've been trying to find some more, but they're so hard to find animators. I don't know right. why. Um, you know, there's really not there's, there's really not that many animators out in the fandom. I know no. a few, but you know. <laughs> right. But it's just like yeah. they're just hard to come across. They're very underrated as well. There are like yeah. a few, you know, but um I um I honestly just search like tags and I come and on Twitter, I've come across like incredible uh, furry animators. I'm like, and they usually have like 86 like followers or less. And I'm like, Oh my God. It's like their work is so yeah. underrated. Also like the one like, I commissioned the who did my animation. They, that just, it was like a few seconds and that was just beautifully crafted. I'm like, my God, why are, yeah. do you not have more followers? Right. I'm, I'm pretty good at finding like these smaller sort of artists. Right. Uh, there was even like, there was this like animator contest a couple weeks ago where there was like, oh, we want you to animate like a minute and a half, two minutes of video for a chance to win a $300 drawing tablet. Wow. Uh, and I was ooh. like, wow. Okay. So like only one person's winning this prize and there's like a, a thousand entries on YouTube. I'm just right. going to go through all the entries it's just like you, and find people. It's just like you have a chance to win it. It's not even just worth 300. That's the thing. That's why I feel like that's a mockery to these animators as yeah. well. Like you have some of them probably putting their heart and soul into just one little clip and then they could be like they couldn't even be chosen for it like i really well, don't like, like that I'm, I'm not like rich either i'd love to pay everyone like as much as i could but right. i'm still like you know small furry content creator uh basically relatively unemployed because of the pandemic as well right but the thing that really bugged me about it is that the this contest used a song they were like animate a video to this song for the chance to win this tablet mm. and then every single entry from the contest got copyright claimed for the song oh, so no they didn't even make oh, they didn't make no. a penny from any of the animations that they made and to me that's what bugged me because if i was like working with animators like i am right now i want to make sure that they can monetize their contribution as best as they can exactly and so, like i wouldn't even copyright claim use of my song that's why it's dmca free all my stuff Really? Didn't DoorDash try doing something like that recently where they were like, animate our video for a chance for a tip? Yeah, they said, they're like, oh, you, if you don't like our commercial, why don't you try animate a better one? We'll give you a, a, a coupon. That was yeah, Grubhub. Yeah, that was Grubhub oh, that Grubhub. did that. Yeah, yeah Grubhub. Yeah, that was Grubhub yeah. that did that. that Sorry, had, that I had always like forget that. about had Grubhub. Like no, yeah. you're fine. Yeah, like, that was the one with that animated dad and that little baby boy or something like that, right? I, 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 I always, I always forget about Grubhub because we don't have them in Canada. Do you, you guys have a DoorDash, right? Or Are you guys have DoorDash out there? We have we have DoorDash, we have Uber Eats, we have Skip the Dishes, we have uh, never heard of that I think one. all those. Which one? Uh, Skip the Dishes. That's like a that's like Canadianly uh, ex exclusive, right? Probably. Yeah, I guess it must be then. If you, yeah, so we don't have we don't have Grubhub, but I we just have realized the that's, that should be tonight's uh, title: Canadianly exclusive. <laughs> Canadianly. <laughs> well, all right. Anyway, so let's get to let's get into more about you. So, what really got you into doing music? What was your inspiration? What really got you into the game? 
Ooh, good question. A good opportunity to talk about myself in my childhood, which is hopefully not going to unleash any trauma. No, <laughs> you're okay. No, you're okay. You're not comfortable. You don't have to bring it up. No, no, no. I'm, I'm fine. I'm totally comfortable with talking. Uh, but what got me into music for the most part is my dad, because he is a DJ or he was a DJ uh, before the pandemic. There's no big weddings or parties going on right now. Right. right. But, uh, yeah. So what we would get in in my house is that we would get like almost weekly or biweekly. We'd get like a CD from a rec from the record companies of like, here are the, the songs of the week, like 15 songs. Some of them are the hits right now. Some are ones we expect to be hits. Some are underground. And then we would also get like catalogs from like here's an 80s cd of the week so we would get all this old material coming in all the time to build up the catalog for djing and so i would be listening to all these cds and i'm listening to basically the hits of the hits or the ones that they want to be hits right so i never grew up listening to albums like albums are almost like a a foreign concept to me because i'm like singles all the way like the the songs that get released like that so i ended up like making I guess my own like mixtapes based on the songs I liked from the albums. Then my dad would mix the songs together. And I would like, even to this day, I can remember sometimes if I'm listening to a song from back then, I'd be like, Oh, and now this song is supposed to start, but obviously I'm not using the CDs anymore. Right. 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 So did you, so, so did you also listen to pretty much a lot of the, what do you, what do you call that a top 40 during the time when that was released? Yes, I am absolutely like a top 40 uh, chart watcher <laughs> pop music slide. <laughs> and that's, and that's a lot that goes on the, on the top 40 is a lot of pop songs. So I kind of had a feeling like, yeah, that's kind of more like around your territory pretty much. So, yeah, so I just kind I kind of see you as like a top 40 kind of person. Oh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'm, I'm like a big data nerd for the billboard charts. And I can tell you like what's in like the top 10 and what, who's the songwriters, who are the artists of the, of the moment. I, I won like every song music trivia tournament that I've done basically. Like I go on, I go in these bars and on these cruise ships when they're like all these old people and they're like, Oh, we can do it. And then it's like a one hit wonder trivia night. And that's like, Nope, y'all are done for. Right. Here we go. (laughs) So, Right. So what other so what other things have gotten you into wanting to do music? Uh, I've always been good at like public speaking. It's always been something I've been comfortable with doing. So being on stage has always been uh, something I've been good at, too. So doing that in conjunction with performing and making music has been a big part of that as well. You know, not everyone, especially in the furry fandom, is comfortable uh, doing something like that. And I think in a lot of ways, I kind of have a a bit of a pet theory that I'd be curious to hear your opinion on. I haven't really like documented it or written it down anywhere. So hopefully no one steals it from me. Copyright Cassidy Civit don't steal. (laughs) (laughs) But my theory as to why there's not a ton of like pop musicians in the fandom is because there's an element of performance that not everyone's comfortable doing, right? Like you have to be comfortable putting yourself out on stage like that. Makes sense. We, and it's also the same reason I think that we don't see a lot of stand-up comedians in the fandom because it's a level of vulnerability that you you just might be not cool with, if, especially since a lot of furries tend to be some kind of socially awkward or they just don't like to, to put themselves out there like that. You see way more instrumentalists or uh, even EDM artists because it's like, to, for lack of a better term, it's sort of that they're hiding behind either the computer or a guitar or a drum set like it like that's for lack of a better term but it's like it's not them so much on the stage if you know what i mean it's like the right. instrument yeah. it's the yeah. equipment mm-hmm. yeah. 
and that's why you don't see a lot of pop or you don't see a lot of like uh, rock bands and everything. No. As a matter of fact, in the last episode we did, we, I think there's more bands. Right. I think there's more bands. Oh, yeah. Than yeah and, and actually, so Teddy actually um, put out a tweet a while ago explaining the logistics and everything. And he, and he puts out a very good point because, you know, you got to do the sound jacks, you got to set up the drums and all that stuff. So it's it just like, that's why you don't see so many, like, you know, rock concerts over at Furry Convention because the logistics of it and everything is just so complex that it just can't be done in such a timely manner. So which when it comes to like an EDM artist, you know, all you really need is a mixing board and a laptop and that's it. Yeah. Simple as that. Right. Well, and, and too, with a lot of, um, I, I, I have noticed this too, with a lot of people who are guitarists, like you may, you may have people that are like really amazing guitarists, but they don't want to sing. They don't want to be on stage. They just, they yeah. sit there and they, they are able to craft their instrument over hours and hours and hours of practicing by themselves and nowadays you have uh people who are artists using like computers uh programs uh keyboards very minimalist items are they're able to make these great huge grand works uh without really needing to like confer with other people they're able to do it all on their own time in their own like space of comfort in a way right yeah, I made a lot of my demos and even some of the songs that made it onto my album were done almost entirely on my iPad. But that's not like something that you can play on stage. You can't play the right. iPad like right. a guitar on stage. So What was that joke uh, about Skrillex? Like uh, all he does is go on the stage and press play on his MacBook or something. No disrespect. You're talking to someone who's... You're talking to someone who's that literal child of a DJ. So I have seen all those clip montages. I have seen mm. so much stuff, you know, because it's like a joke in my in my family. It's like, oh, look at the guy. He's not even plugged in. He just pressed yeah. the button. Just a bunch of beeps and boops mm. and he's ready beep, to go. Boop, 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 beep. Just, yeah. Yeah. Hey. It's, like, it's just like that one banger from SpongeBob. The do-do-do-do-do-do. Ah, human music. Banger. No, man, you're thinking of bee boo bop, bee boo boo. No, it's bee boo boo. It's called Electric Zoom. Wait, it has a title? It's Electric Zoom. The guy even said it on the radio. It's like a bikini bottoms top, whatever, Electric Zoom. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay, so no, so so Cassidy, what's your what's your take on Electric Zoom? Underrated. It should have crossed over from the bikini bottom to the rest of the world. Seriously. Yes. You know My what? God. Someone could simply take that and remix it and make it to a fucking banger. Oh. I'm, wait, wait, I'm sure someone has, like but you I can haven't e- heard it. Like, you can easily find it on YouTube, and it's just the instrumental and everything without, like, the, the like uh, without the overlay of the show, like, Voli and everything. You can the, literally find a song just by itself easily on YouTube. The amount of Twitter DJs I've seen that just take, like, just funny videos and turn into a whole-ass song, it just amazes me. I'm just like, oh, here they fucking come doing their magic, and it's never not bad. Like it's just great. Right? <laughs> I love that power. <laughs> oh my god! Are you? I find yeah, I'm, I'm actually, I'm actually like looking this up music. right now. Electric Zoom. Electric Zoom. <laughs> they have there's, it by itself. There's a one-hour version of Electric Zoom. <laughs> oh one-hour version? That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> there is literally. There is literally. It's probably just looped. That's honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if someone, you did know, no, no, it. it's, it's literally, it's literally a one hour loop of electric zoom. That's That's all it is. Just like literally that's all, that's oh God, all, that's all it is. Just, just okay. Okay. I gotta ask, just is one, there any songs on your mixtape that you just feel like, yeah, I know this isn't a very good song, but it's kind of a like bop anyway to you. Like, 
like fuck yeah, I can jam to it even though I even though I know it's not <laughs> right. <laughs> but can I just can I That's just can I just the non guilty guilty pleasure right? Can I yeah. just can I just play electric zoom? Oh my god! Just 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 real quick. I actually get a copyright just, strike. Oh, who cares? Wait, what? Oh, just but, just, but yeah, is there any like guilty pleasure song that you enjoy on your mixtape? That's always uh, the guilty pleasure question is always so prevalent in music because like there's so much stuff that people are like embarrassed to admit that they like. But when like when I've DJed in the past and I play like Eurodance and when I've played stuff like Cotton Eye Joe, it packs yeah. more than anything else. So I don't I don't get it. Like people, it's just that like uh, when I when I DJed Cotton Eye Joe, actually, it was on this like furry boat party. And uh, so the, the benefit of that was that no one was allowed to leave. And so at that point, it was like, you have to embrace it or you're going to have a bad time. So there were more people dancing to Cotton Eye Joe than any other song of any other DJ in the entire night because they were, it was nuts. Everyone was on a boat. They were drunk. They couldn't leave. It was perfect. Uh, but I feel like if you tried to do that at a fur con, you would probably get a lot of people sticking their heads into the dance area and right. then just sort of yeah. laughing with their friends and then walking out. You know, I kind of, um, I kind of do that too. Like I'll just be like, what's playing in here? Oh, never mind. When they mention about Cotton Eye Joe, I'm, I, I know the fucking dance. I fucking love that. That's yeah, I, Joe. <laughs> the shit. I do. I do have a lot of songs that I think are considered relatively cringe, uh, that I would like vehemently defend. Uh, so, which right? one? Which I one? No, I want to hear them. Which ones? Go. I Please. Uh, the first one that comes to mind is the hamster dance. I want that. Oh, one God. <laughs> oh, God. You know what? Another one is uh, the Cupid Shuffle. Oh, I love that. Hey, that is a shuffle. timely Okay, okay, okay. What about, what about Baby Shark? Yeah, you got Baby Shark? God. I'll, I'll, I will not die. Not enough time has passed for it to be nostalgic. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's like not even two years old. I don't know. And Cupid Shuffle didn't really cross over to Canada. Like, I know it's a wedding staple in the States, but... The only time I ever really heard it was on cruise ships in the in the U.S. Ah, uh, it didn't really make it over here. Okay, and, and everybody knows but that. But for me, Hamsterdam just hits that perfect sweet spot. It does. It's you can have a dance. Hamsterdam is of, it's '90s Eurodance produced by '90s uh, Canadian DJs, oh, by the way. Oh, so, okay. And yeah. It's based on a Canadian made that's actually pretty close to me, the city where it was made. The the gif of the hamsters from BC and and it's uh, a sample of the whistle song from Robin Hood, Disney's Robin Hood. So it's like combined so many things that I love. That's that All sounds this, like, like a banger. But they, don't forget well, is, like the I hamster am, dance is a banger. Don't forget I'm blue though. That is a fucking classic. Oh, that's a that's oh, a nineties yeah. bop right there. But I used to actually hear the hamster dance song like on the radio when I was really, really young, like I remember okay. hearing that. Okay, shit. so let let's go. Let's go. Let's fast forward to the two. Well, it was really popular on uh, Disney radio. Yeah, yeah. That's probably okay. But, it. but can we go? Can we go to the early two thousands? Uh, what was that one dude? That one frog dude? The the uh, oh crazy crazy frog. frog crazy frog. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that, that dude. That dude kind of had a bop going on too during the time. Yeah, he, he could get you it. Could text a number to you. You can text to a number. Yeah. And yeah. You, you text like a phone number. You text like a phone number. You can get it as a ringtone or something like yeah. that oh god and that, that was, was like during the times where, where your texting was not like unlimited like it literally charge you like maybe 30 or 40 cents just to get the damn oh, ringtone like yeah it was 99 cents yeah, those, those companies were all really shady they got sued the so much fuck? because it was impossible to it was impossible to get out of the contract you know it'd be yeah. so oh. much money oh my god well shit <laughs> Shit, we come along. Smashup with like crazy frog and harder, better, faster, stronger, and oh, it is like 
the oh scariest, God, that most catchy thing I have ever heard. Right. <laughs> it's so tappingly tragic. It really is so tappingly tragic. I hate it. I hate that I love it, but I still love it anyway. Right. Because it's so Jesus. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So, anyways, let's go oh. ahead. What's up? You know, another one. 2009 Dreamscape kind of hits differently now. It does. Which one? That's the like YouTube copyright strike song. I can't like, say I'm familiar. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not really familiar uh, with that one. Yeah, you gotta no. bring out. You gotta. You gotta say the worldwide hits, dude. Yeah, you got. <laughs> yeah, you're 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 playing the du- you're saying the duds here, my man. No offense. Cha cha now, y'all. Cha-cha. If you want to go oh, back to yeah. 2009, there's only one Eurodance song you can mention, and that's Caramel Dancing. So. Oh God! Oh, yeah. oh God! Yeah. Dayroot Sandstorm. Oh <laughs> yeah. That's not going yeah, anywhere. Yeah. That's all I had to do, and you guys are like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Man. <laughs> so anyways. Like, right. So anyways. <laughs> so anyways, let's go ahead and go back here. So um Cassidy, so how long have you been doing music for? Uh I well, I've I've written some songs in like elementary school that are pretty shit by today's standards. But uh, I'd say like the first official song where I'm like, this is something I'm proud to present was like 2012 ish, uh, and that's actually the first song on my album is Anonymous. They're in the order that I wrote them. So Anonymous is the first song on the album, and I wrote it in 2012. So that's one where I'm like, yeah, this one I felt was good enough, even after all these years. So it's even though the album came out last year, the song is almost 10 years old. So. <laughs> I felt it lasted wow. the time. So wow. Now, what, now, what would you got to say is uh, what would you? What would your best song be throughout your career? What, <laughs> that's like choosing between your children. You know, it's it's like right. you put your heart and soul into a lot of these. Well, let's, let's let's imagine like you're you're taking a spaceship out of the out of the world. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's let, let's put it. No, like I know. One. Now let's put it in a scenario as like I, Among Us. Uh, which which songs are the imposter and which one is the crewmate? Oh my god! <laughs> I, it's it's so hard to pick like an all. It's so hard to pick an all arounder because there's like elements to each one that I like. Right, like each song has a like something else you like more than something else. Like uh, my song, the second song, Double Take on the album, I think is one of my best lyrically and it's had such a strong enough uh visual in my head when i wrote it that that's what i ended up stylizing the entire album art after so visually i think double take stands uh the strongest uh you don't belong in this world track 11 is like one with such a a interesting like meaning and how it came about as like this uh i guess you could say like a jaded modern youth who thinks that they're just gonna have their like they're going to be like a Pokemon trainer at 10 or they're going to be Hogwarts at 11 or all these, all these like made up media milestone things where it's like, at this point I will have my like direction in life laid out for me, right. but that's not how it actually works. So that's what the, that song came from. Cause uh, I remember having a friend vent to me that they're like, Oh, I was so sad that my Hogwarts letter didn't come. And so I, I was like, yeah, okay. I'm going to, so uh, oh, there's just so much like, Ah, comfort zone was written about uh my now ex about how they saw me and how i like brought them out of their comfort zone so even though it's that we're not together anymore i do like the song and so there's a lot of meaning in there ah, it's so it's so hard to pick a favorite right i don't blame you. right right because. so so you so you so all of the material that you write and produce it's pretty much all based on your life experiences correct uh, I mean, there can be escapism in parts. Um, like, 
the one I, I wrote, The Girl Who Invented Love, you know, it's sort of a James Bond type song. I'm not James Bond, but I had the idea <laughs> for it because I, I saw this uh, there, like back in like 2016 or 15. There was this like Italian actress who I saw she was in the news, like some older actress, just not anyone I even remember the name of. But I remember just looking at the filmography of stuff that she was in. And there was a movie called uh, The I think it was like the the woman who invented love. And I was like, well, that's not catchy at all. So I was like the girl who invented love. And I have not even seen the movie. <laughs> I was just like, this title enamored me so much that I was like, I'm just going to fix this. Here. I'm right. gonna, I wrote an entire I'm, I'm just, James I'm just going to make song. it better. Right. I got right. a little chisel. Just <laughs> yeah. It just came to me so fast. I was just like, oh, the girl who invented love. That's such a great title. It's so like ominous and like intriguing. Like, Oh, what happened? What is the the, the layers of this story? Right, right. So, so there's, so there's, so there's some um, storytelling elements uh, when it comes to producing your craft, right? Yeah, that's like I always see it like, uh, like some mix of like Madonna and Taylor Swift in a way, because Taylor like writes very like from her own perspective and all her right. relationships, and Madonna is more theatrical at parts, and I sometimes think that that's kind of how I am. I'm totally cool revealing stuff about my personal life through song, but I'm also uh, very much a fan of telling a story, like even uh, the Let Your Heart Take Flight one, you know? I don't, we don't live in a world full of dragons, but the song still exists. Right, right. Um, so, 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 so it's pretty much you're, you're kind of, kind of uh, creating sort of kind of like a hybrid, kind of like, you know, you're taking something from fantasy and putting a little bit of something that happened to you into real life into making a song, pretty much. Yeah, it's uh, sometimes experiences can just kind of bounce around in the back of my head for years until they mm-hmm. come out into a, a song that I'm like, right. yeah, this is ready. And then the songs too themselves might go through years of writing or figuring out how exactly I want it to sound. Right. Like I right. said, with how, with how long some of the songs on uh, the album took to come out, uh, sometimes they just have to find that long to find their identity. Right, right. So now, what what kind of well, what kind of software do you use to do you use like any software to like produce your beats and and you know kind of record their vocals and all that stuff like like any in like do you also have any like any other instruments that you play to create your music? Uh, can you kind of break that down on how the creative juices kind of just flow into your dynamics of creating a song? Sure. Uh, I use my iPad, like I said, primarily as my sort of uh, software of choice. I'm if you heard me in my TFF concert earlier today, I'm not a fan of a lot of tech and I'm like really right, right, right. For the I, most part. I remember watching you uh, on the stream. Like you, you were really bad. You were, you went on like a full run against technology. I was just like, good Lord, man. Like she doesn't really fuck with technology that much. I mean, can you really blame her? I don't blame yeah, her. Sometimes. I mean, it's like technology. You can live with it and you can live without it. And, and, and you know, what's funny. Um, Harris said that in their concert when their trio was performing yep. as well. So sh- actually shout out to them. for putting on a great show as a matter of fact. And yeah, it's funny because they were having technical difficulties as well and then i kind of saw you struggle a little bit with that as well and it's just like yeah you know you know technology can be an absolute bitch and so curse of being a content so you would so now not being a fan of technology you would kind of describe your (laughs) your production pretty minimalistic technological yeah it's basically my ipad i use it even just for uh, doing the demos. Like if I end up doing the full production on a song, Mm -hmm. I might 
I might do my best to get the bones out on the iPad and get the ideas across. And then I might find uh, an additional, I might get additional production help from somebody. Uh, but it's usually more a case of like, here are my ideas. I don't have the software to realize them. Can you help me? Instead of just like, I wrote words. Can you put music to them? I have, I already wrote all the melodies. I wrote all the chord progressions. I wrote everything. I just need help to make it sound big. Right. So now what was that in the background? Was that you messing with your instrument? Just a kind of sidetrack here? Yeah, I heard something as well. <laughs> uh, no, that's my that's my dad in the next room over playing his bass because he didn't listen to me when I said I was going to be on a podcast. Oh, okay, yeah, that's no big deal. That's kind of cool though. Yeah, that's yeah. He sounds like he's, <laughs> he sounds like he's jamming over there. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. want to talk about songs that took a long time to release? My dad is finally trying to get out his stuff that he wrote in the '80s. He wants to put out this like old style album of stuff he never got to put out like 30 40 years ago oh, and man, it's like <laughs> it sounds hey, really killer man. To make a comeback yeah it's it's it, it the 80s oh hell yeah back. please like oh, i'm yeah. all for it yeah but i have to put i have to put an asterisk on that because it's not synth uh, 80s you know that's asterisk. what the, the big trend is the, and that's oh, what's well, coming back yeah. it's not the the band 80s you know the the van halen's right. the cars right. Right. that's not, not like not it's like pink floyd and anything like that it's yeah. still kicking it though and people still go to their concerts you know it's like oh, yeah. i, I kind of like the fact that he's playing it in the background at the podcast though i liked it like, <laughs> it's, like a, yeah. it's like a chill bass song you know yeah, I like no it. no no tell him yeah. to keep, tell him to keep jamming <laughs> so now let's go ahead and go back to the question here so you, you use an ipad um what application do you use on it do you use like GarageBand or fruity loops or whatever um what do you use i use one i use one called music studio that's all it's called uh and it's by some small app developer called zootin which is with an x it's like newton with an x and they're from like uh, I think they're from Austria and I don't know. It's just a small app that I found. I had never even occurred to me to, to like use GarageBand at the time. I don't know why. I think I literally searched up in the app store like 10 years ago when I got the thing, I just searched up music studio. And of course, GarageBand does come up, but it's not the first result when you search up music studio. Right. So I right. just went with this one and uh, it's what I've been using like since then. It is what I'm still like hammering out melodies on to this right. day. Right now, no, no. What kind of iPad is it? Is it is it like um, is it like an iPad Air or whatever, uh, or is it just kind of like your standard iPad? You said ten years ago. <laughs> it's an iPad Two. Oh my goodness! Whoa! Wow! <laughs> and it and it's really getting your work wow. done. Okay, yeah. That's, that's like that's like you can see you can see why I down like his old like Stratocaster down to down to years. <laughs> right. Years learning guitar. Yeah. Wow. Whoa. You oh, can see okay. why I, I tend to. Pl- to plug my Patreon and stuff so much because it's like I got a 10-year-old iPad, my laptop's 10 years old, I'm <laughs> low-tech, and my stuff is finally starting to fail. So it's like, oh, God, <laughs> you got to start replacing things. Right. I don't blame you. Like, I have, like, a Chromebook that's, like, I don't even want to talk about it, but it's still functioning. <laughs> but honestly, that's awesome. It's still getting the work done. Yeah, right? you but- know, it's like if it gets the job done, you know, great. But at the same time, if it's showing signs of failing, then, yeah, that's – where you kind of have to start kind of showing like, you know, concern and all that stuff. Um, um, if you can tell the listeners where they can find your Patreon. Yeah, please. Uh, it's, yes. Patreon.com slash Cassidy Civet. Like, uh, pretty much everything about me comes up if you just like search Cassidy Civet even on Google. Uh, everything, even my Spotify, the Bandcamp, the Twitters, the YouTube's, all, it's all the same name, which is very convenient for search engines. Right. Okay. 
I think my stuff might even be like better, better cataloged than, than some, because I have like published music. Right. So when you like look at the name, it has like Cassie Civet musical artist, here's where to find the music. So it's like different as opposed to like Googling another fur, you know, it's, it's better categorized for me because I'm a musician. Okay, so here's a dumb question for you. If you could collab with any artist, like, from any era, like, you could, like, somehow resurrect them, who would you collab with that's on cool. your next album and why? Oh, that's a great question, honestly. Oh, that's hard. You have to let me just ramble for a second here. Because uh, <laughs> no, I have, I have artists that I love, artists that I would love to write for, but maybe not sing with them, because I also write songs for other artists as a as a goal of mine and song singers that I would sing it like a duet with. I love Shakira. I love Madonna. I, I could see like seeing going for living artists. I think those would be incredible to do something with Madonna and Shakira for sure. Uh, maybe Christina Aguilera in there as well. You can tell what, what era I grew up in with, with those picks. <laughs> and then for artists that are no longer with us, I think, uh, Amy Winehouse at the top of the list for sure. I, I mean, love her so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, Janis Joplin up there too. Yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, my boy Shannon Hoon, who is the lead singer of Blind oh, Melon. My God. I love. I'm so happy you brought up Shannon. And, and, and Amy Winehouse <laughs> too. So I haven't much. heard Amy Winehouse especially. That's a name I haven't heard in a good while. I agree. Oh, man. Well, I, I Blind Melon was like musical. the one band that got me through like my angsty years in high school, and I, even nowadays, like if I'm ever in like a bad mood and I need up, uplifted, I just throw on Blind Melon. Yeah, like, I've got my my wow. go tos from them. Not even No Rain. I really like uh, Change and uh, Dear Old Dad, and also Life Ain't So Shitty. I Tons really want Home is probably my favorite or Sleepy House. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. I really want to do something with Life. Ain't so shitty because it's such like a little tucked away yeah, little right, long right. gem. Yeah. But now I, I got like, now I got one yeah. for you. How about uh, Whitney Houston? Rest in peace. Ooh, I do like her. Uh, would I be able to write a song for her? It's sort of like Mariah Carey in a way. Like they're so vocally good. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something I've struggled with, and I'm trying to improve on when it comes to my songwriting is writing songs with those like dynamic riffs. Cause I can riff semi decently with my voice. I'm not the world's best riffer. That's still Mariah Carey, but I'm maybe like a five or a six and writing stuff with those riffs is a big challenge for me. I don't know why I, I'm trying to get better. It's a, it's a slow process. You can't like get good at writing every genre and every style of singing right away. So it's something that I've had to work at, but all the, if I can get a song with enough space in it for those vocal flourishes i would love to do something for uh i guess uh for mariah or for whitney uh but like uh like i said how musical my house is with my dad being a dj and stuff right Right. so we literally upstairs right now is the music video channel that we have as part of our like cable package in my house so we leave that on like every day if it's not the news it's the the music video channel so even today i was waiting for like this food order to come and i'm just watching uh amy winehouse's back to black that was on the tv they're playing like old backstreet boys videos i'm like such a nerd for this stuff you can play <laughs> any video without the sound and i'll tell you what song it is because i i'm i know this stuff it's i memorized oh, wow it. wow not to mention mariah carey and whitney together is just 
So we're so you're perfect, you're, right? So you're you're, you're kind of like a walking Shazam of pop music, pretty much. <laughs> That's oh, great. absolutely! I can tell you what <laughs> if I'm in a restaurant and all I can hear is like a bass line over the crap speaker, I'll tell you what it is because I just I just know. Amazing. So we just have you around and be like, okay, what's this song now? <laughs> We're putting you to the test, yeah. Right. I'm like that. Even if even if you don't ask me, I'm like that. I've just pointed out, like, I'm hanging out with people, and I'm like, oh, I like this song. This is from, like, 2003. And they're like, uh-huh, that's great. We didn't well, ask. Even the year and everything now. <laughs> right? That's impressive. Man. But sometimes even the chart position. Like, I know which ones have hit number one, which ones uh, have hit number six, damn. whatever. I'm pretty good. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Freaking, freaking, freaking awesome, man. Okay, so um, who would you have to say would be your biggest inspiration for pop music? Um, I definitely, like I said, Madonna and Shakira up there for sure. I really like Timbaland. Uh, his production style from like the 2000s and the 90s is great. Uh, Justin Timberlake as well. Oh my God, um, yeah. Great. Uh, almost like the entirety of uh, the Eurovision Song Contest because of how dynamic it is. And the stagings are all very impressive. I love listening to music from other countries and stuff too. So I like that's another thing I think that separates my music from a lot of other uh, pop artist music, not even within the fandom, but pop in general, is because I'm not afraid to like put on something in Russian or in uh, Bulgarian or whatever. Like right. it's like oh, nowadays it's like oh yeah, I listen to like uh, South Korean music or Japanese J-pop or whatever. But you don't you still you don't find a lot of people listening to music in Finnish from finland right and meanwhile i'm over here like like jamming like crazy because it's like there's still good stuff over there even if it's not in english so there's right. so much different influence that you can draw from all these different countries all these different artists and that's why when it comes to picking artists like i said it's hard for me because i didn't grow up with albums i grew up with the singles so i know the individual artists for their like big hit and that's more or less it because i'm not gonna like i didn't really go out and buy an album until like 2000 eight and my first album i ever bought was uh i think it was either gwen stefani's wind it up or fallout boys infinity on high it was one of those oh. two. Oh, okay yeah. yeah bangers all Perfect. right right on now did you know were you were you the type of person that liked to had like a large collection of like physical cds you know eight tracks and all that stuff were you a pretty big music collector in your youth uh no my thing came well i guess i have a collection of cds but they're all these like 90s uh dance mix cds that i'd find at the thrift store because those are the hard songs you can't find online so much right so i would like rip those to my computer because i'm such a uh, nut for 90s euro dance and house music and more so euro dance because i like the, the european sort of stuff so kind of like but, the super underground stuff pretty much correct it's it's underground i don't know if it's the most obscure you know it's not like these are like totally right. unknown artists you right. find the right person and they will know who these people are but uh when it comes to owning music i'm uh physical not physical but like uh digital ownership i buy my music i buy mp3s i don't stream i'd never ever ever use spotify because i listen to too much weird shit that's not on there and it pisses me off when i can't ah, find it i agree okay. with you on that like, yeah i mean yeah. i mean i mean i want to talk because i use spotify to stream all my music and everything but i can kind of i kind of understand where you're trying to where you're trying to get at and where you're coming from like you you prefer more of the stuff that's not recognized by anyone anywhere you prefer something with your own blend of flavor is mm -hmm. what you're trying to get I th at i think it's i think it's because i grew up getting those uh cds in the mail you know right where it's, it's not that i don't want to 
rely on these services. Like if obviously if like Spotify just evaporated tomorrow, then, right. then your entire like catalog <laughs> yeah. would be gone. Right. But I'm like one of the, I get bullied sometimes by people, not, not like in a mean way, but right. I still use an iPod. Like I put my music into iTunes and I s- put it into the playlist and I drag them onto my iPod. And that's how I listen to music. I have a separate phone and a separate iPod. That's the way I like it. And I, that's why I'm never giving up the headphone jack. <laughs> okay, no, yeah, no, no, seriously. no. Yeah, for a question for you, do you have a smartphone or do you have a flip phone, like a standard, like you know, boomer phone? <laughs> I do have the modern phone. I am uh, because I'm such a, a writer. You couldn't imagine writing out like notes or or song lyrics on one of those like number pads. That oh, would be God, like, yeah, uh, that'd be a pain. Oh God, flashbacks to texting. Fuck, not. Not yeah, even to like, mention the other reasons that a furry may or may need a keyboard, you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. Oh, I can, see oh, you can figure that out. Uh, but yes, I have a smartphone. I have uh, an Asus Zenfone 4 Pro. Yes, Asus makes phones. Right, yeah. Wow. Shit, really? You never knew yeah, that? They're, they're... N- no. What? I thought they just made computers. No. They make watches Whoa. and phones. They make watches too. Yes. <laughs> Where the hell uh, you been, bro? Some people just don't know. When did this happen? When did this Honestly, start I think they don't. They don't really advertise anything besides their computers. They don't very advertise much. at all. They're, you just kind of will go into the yes. computer store. And you're you know like, what? You oh, know what? That's, that's valid. It's, it's a lack of advertising. That's what it is. The amount of frustration and confusion, and that's, and that's why we. And that's why we're going Don't for the uh, people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I mean, like the like the big names in in music. It's not hard for them to get attention in advertising because it's everywhere. But the smaller people, they need their love too. Because uh, I mean, just look at like anything that goes viral. It always starts off with it being posted, and then a couple right. people see it, and then a couple right. more people see it, and then but, a couple more people see but, it. No, for, but, for music, yeah, just like music, um, like you know the the old school like flash animations videos and all that like oh god um, yeah i remember i mean i was just looking up like numa numa how that like (laughs) you know that was a a a euro dance group from uh moldova what yes i was waiting to see if you would get the country right because i know the country (laughs) (laughs) now i remember the numa numa dude like that dude was going hard on that video (laughs) like that was already a big deal over there and then this video, just this random video, made their songs known and brought their attention to like the to the rest of the world too. So it's like that's all the more reason to really focus on like the smaller, lesser known people, right? Or at least to yep. you know give them give them a chance. I think it was the. Uh, I think the CEO of Spotify said a few days ago. He said that the or there was some article written about it because you know the the streaming stuff was supposed to be like opening the floodgates, letting all the smaller artists have an equal chance to be heard right. with the big artists. Right. But I think that the the data the data is still that it's like not. I forget if it's ninety. I know it's in the ninety percent, but it's like ninety percent of small artists account for one percent of the streams still because it's yeah. still primarily mm-hmm. the huge ones at the very top they get most of the streams so it's still very much skewed like that it's hard yeah everyone wants a viral hit trust me oh yeah oh yeah for I sure can imagine man so like in- uh right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, Sorry, how many I'm, of you I'm guys remember to, the process how asus makes uh watches and phones and shit. oh no like, but the thing I'm, is their phones are really underrated too they must be yeah good. they are 
No, they're they're really great yeah. phones. Like you you'd be surprised. Because I really didn't want to get another too. iPhone, but I'm definitely not going back to Android. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. Right. <laughs> so, anyways, let's go ahead and continue on here. So, Cassidy, um, so if I could ask you, how did you find the furry fandom? And how did Ooh. it and how did it how did it affect your music? Did it did the fandom affect your music in any way? And how did you get into it? Ooh, that's cool. Okay. So uh, I mentioned this actually in in the concert today because uh, someone brought up My Little Pony. And I don't want to f- totally attribute how I came to the fandom to My Little Pony, but it was my first taste of fandom in a way because uh, for one year from like 2012 to 2013, I was like really deep into the pony fandom, you know, Same. like Equestria, da- Equestria Daily is my homepage and Wonderbolt's hoodie and all this oh, shit. Man. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my gosh. back for me. Jesus <laughs> Christ. You're a big fan of, like, the living tombstone and yeah. stuff like that. <laughs> I have to, like, th- this is my controversial take. I, di- I don't like the living tombstone. I feel like he's a trend writer. But anyway. Uh, he really is. He, like, he ditched, he ditched, like, the whole theme he had going, like, as soon as it wasn't popular anymore. And he's... Ever since you can like look at his YouTube videos, like every single like popular video game, he instantly has like a song out for it, uh, and then the the cycle repeats, yeah. and then something else gets popular, and he makes. You it. know what? Uh, another thing that's worth mentioning about it is like his most famous song. I think we all know what it is. It's the spooky, scary skeletons. Not even a question. But if oh, you yeah. actually listen, to, if you listen what? to the full, if to his full remix of it. His contribution is the worst part because he added, he sped it up. He added the kick to the spooky, scary skeleton. But then there's a drop and nobody remembers the drop because it's garbage. It's just like, whoa, 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 whoa. It's like the oh. worst. Like, I bet you haven't heard the four, the full four minute version of spooky, scary skeletons by the living tomb. I never You've even got the- into it, honestly, besides nah. the pack, fact that people it's like just, memed it's it's it to only, hell. It's just but only, I never that, really it's just only it. that one loop that I got into. Thing is, there's so many oh, like underrated remember. artists that were within the Brony fandom, especially those who did like orchestral pieces, and like there was just so many other artists that weren't discovered that they just they had such incredible bangers, right? And like, um, I introduced them to other people. Like, I never heard of these people. I'm like, because you know, Living Tombstone and Wooden Toaster, all these people rose up in the fandom, and they were the only thing people were listening to. But um, I'll have to agree with you on that with Living Tombstone. I never got super into the. Yeah, I never got super into the the musical side of the the pony fandom, unfortunately. So a lot of the names didn't like resonate with me in that way. I was more like watching the show and buying the merch. Like I didn't right. get too into that side of it. Like I didn't never go. I never went to like a brony convention right. in the day. And like a lot of people remark, you know, they're like, "Oh, furry's a phase. Furry's a phase." And like, yeah, like whatever. But I mean, I'm like seven years or so in at this point. The the brony stuff was a phase. It was like a year, and then they gave Twilight wings, and I was out. So uh- <laughs> then it was like. <laughs> So then I was in my I was in my recovery, and then I discovered uh, there's a, the local convention, Vancouver, in 2015. I discovered it, but we were going on a family vacation the weekend it was going on, so I knew it existed, but I wasn't able to go. Right. Uh, but then the next year in 2016, uh, it happened again. Woo! Yay! Yearly <laughs> conventions, and so the theme was Atlantis, and I was graduating high school that year, and I was on the the graduation committee. We were planning the the after grad and the party and stuff. And the girl, it was like basically just me and an entire room of, uh, of like, uh, I, I, I gotta, I gotta try and like put this delicately, I guess I'm Mexican. As I've said, I am brown and the room was full of white girls. So oh, they were all like, oh, we want to no. do like, 
we want to do Atlantis theme. And that was the theme of the furry convention. So then I go up in front, I go, I go up in front of everybody before I knew that it was the theme of the furry convention. And I'm like, how are we going to do this? What do you want? Like a giant clam and blue lighting? Like that's stupid. That's like, how are we going to do that? Like, that's like, that's not a good theme. So I trashed the theme so hard, like every chance I could get. So when the, the ballot came up, it was dead last. And so then when I see the Vancouver convention is Atlantis, I'm like, Oh shit. So I'm like, I don't know what I'm, I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to get when I go to this thing. I don't know how I'm supposed to dress. I don't know if I'm supposed to dress in the theme or not. Like, I don't know if that's how it works. So I ended up like bailing school, uh, on the Friday, like two hours early. I like snuck out and then I'm like, uh, got picked up by my friend and they drove me like two hours to the convention and we turned the, the corner towards the hotel and I see like the first couple suitors and like my heart's going so fast. <laughs> so I was like, that was my first experience with like the conventions and up in personal with the fandom. Right. I had made like an online poke that didn't end so well, uh, that I've been semi public about and it's why I'm such a big advocate for like uh, younger furs telling their parents that they're like doing stuff because you don't want it to go South. Right. Uh, right. But that was, so I had like an earlier experience before the convention that if I had like told people, I would never have ever been able to go to the convention and that would have been the end of the fandom for me. And as difficult as it was to keep to myself, I did keep that uh, personal uh, event to myself because it was like, that was, that was the first in-person right. so, so pretty experience much, So pretty much you were almost wow. canceled as soon as your career even began. That's, oh, that's, Goodness. gosh. That's, no, not canceled. Well, I mean. Wrong choice of, yeah. Maybe wrong choice of words here, but it's let's just, just like. Let's just, let, let's just put it like this. Yeah, uh, when you're, when you're a new, when you're a new furry and you're 15 years old and you have no idea what's going on and you're asexual like me, people take advantage of you. And they'll try to get you alone. And that's what happened. Oh, for sure. That made me really upset. Oh, <laughs> like that. man. man. Try to man, get you. Man. Uh, See? Yeah, I don't know. Wow. So, like, I don't know if I need to do, like, necessarily do, like, a trigger warning for that. But, like, it is, it is intense. It's still something that's very much, like, present still locally. The person right. is not as around as much as they used to be. Right. Uh, what? But you said, how did it influence my music? And that specific incident did inf- did uh, lead me to write the song Splendor, which is on my album. Uh, but uh, Furry and its impact on my music, uh, it's been there. I've written about convention experiences before, though I haven't like written any like pause to the walls, uh, no horse parts like horse parts songs. <laughs> I haven't written any of those. Oh, no, that song. Oh, I haven't written any of those yet. Right. No. So, uh, so no. So no bangers from you yet. <laughs> no bangers. From no yet. bangers. Hey. Uh, it's all good. <laughs> You'll get your banger. Don't worry. I allude to it. I don't. I don't. I just don't feel like I need to write about like. I don't know. Like I, I think it'd be fun to maybe write a song about like pause or something. But I. I've. Uh, I have more fun alluding to it. Like the Let Your Heart Take Flight has all those allusions to the How to Train Your Dragon franchise, and then the song uh, Moonlight on my album right. is about werewolves. But I don't say this is the werewolf song. It's right. called Moonlight, and you can infer <laughs> right. whatever it is you you want to mm-hmm. infer from it. But it's it's like artistic. It's tasteful. Right now, you know who Sia is, right? You know who Sia. 
I do. Okay, so would you kind of would you kind of compare yourself to her? Because I know Sia doesn't really like to show herself out in in the public eye or anything. She's very discreet about herself. Would you kind of describe yourself as her in a way? Or me and Sia have an interesting relationship. Uh, in general, I'm not a big fan of her writing, but we do do things that are similar. Uh, I agree with what you said about the not showing in public as much, though. Uh, by contrast, I have when in the short few cons that I had my suit for before the pandemic, I was like, I, I made a few people mad because I would walk around the con space in my full fursuit, but with the head off and I'd just be like walking around and they'd be like, no, you're breaking the magic. And I, and oh I, no, and I, no, because I, I just, I want people to know me right. as my character. And I want, and I also, you know, as a fur of color, I also want people to know that that's who I am. Absolutely. Uh, and, uh, I created a term for it too. Uh, like I didn't get to ch the chance to catch fire yet because obviously uh, the pandemic canceled all the conventions, but I created right. a word that I think is better than ruining the magic. Right. Uh, Cause I think ruining the magic is any kind of skin basically showing, but walking around without the head on, I've called it sphinxing because it's like a human head animal body. I kind of like that. If people can say poodling, they can say sphinxing and it's a badass word. It sounds awesome. So sphinxing. I love that. Yeah. I'm going to do so that I, at a con. Like <laughs> so that's what I did. But uh, for comparisons to Sia, uh, Sia did an album called This Is Acting, where she, that's where her hit came from, if you know Cheap Thrills. Yes, uh, yes. That album was entirely put together of songs that she had written for other artists that turned them down. So she was like, okay, I'm just going to pretend to be all these singers and sing on these songs. So Cheap Thrills was the Rihanna cut, the one that Rihanna rejected. And so in a way, I feel like that's kind of what I do sometimes because I want to write songs for other artists. But once you hold on to them for so many years, you know, it's like, well, okay, maybe Beyonce won't end up singing this song. So then I'm like, okay, I'll just put it on my own album. And so a lot of the songs on my album, I mentally wrote for other singers, but then it's like, ah, I can just, I can just do it. Right. So, so that's how I relate to Sia. But Sia wrote Try Everything for Zootopia. So I dislike her. Ugh. Wait, that was Sia? Uh, I thought that was. She uh, wrote it. Yes. Oh, so who's the one who so who's the one that sang? Was that Shakira that sang that? Right. Yes, that's why I'm. Oh, that's why I'm okay. so hurt yeah. because Shakira <laughs> Shakira had already dabbled in furry themes. She had She Wolf. She has the song Animal City, literally called Animal City on her album, and they didn't <laughs> use it. Oh, Damn! So much potential. So much potential just down the drain, man. I low key don't even like. Um, try everything. I can't. <laughs> Man, I think that try everything is just not good enough to last. Like it's just no. it's so th synthetic, it's so hollow. It's just it does it barely relates to Zootopia as a movie. Even it's just it's such yeah. a hollow husk of a song. And if you listen to uh, the album that I said, this is acting that she wrote with all those songs that were rejected. There is a song on there that was rejected by Shakira. I it's called. You know what? Uh, I absolutely agree with you. It doesn't. I never really connected with the song. Try everything from the movie. I never really did. Well, a lot of furries seem to yeah. like. I don't know how they. Over, oh, oh, they just you like it because you could you could have put any song in that movie. You could have right. put the Price is Right theme and they would have loved it. Any <laughs> song that's like positive in a way. Right. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's not even saying anything in specific. It's just like try everything. Oh, yeah. Okay. But, it, it, but at the same time, it's I like Yes Man did that about a few about eight years. Before. Honestly, right. if, I, if I get into a headspace at some point, there very well could be like a two-hour YouTube video that I put out that's like a, a second by second 
teardown of try everything, but we'll get there when we get there. I'm not good at editing enough yet to do that, but it, it's, it's, it's in my head. It could happen. If you need an editor, I could probably help you out. Like, uh, <laughs> we, we can talk. Right. Yeah. But yeah if you, <laughs> For sure. On that Sia album, the song Move Your Body was the one that was rejected by Shakira. So if you listen to the song Move Your Body and you listen to how Sia thinks a Shakira song would sound, it's like, as a huge fan of Shakira like me, I'm just like, oh my God, why did you say the word rhythm like eight times? It's so like, move your body to the rhythm, the rhythm, the rhythm. Like, oh my God, shut up. Like yeah, how, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, I can, I can kind of see how that can be annoying in a way. It's just like you said, rhythm like eight times. Come on, do Shakira, something more original. It's like, goddamn. Especially Shakira like, likes her weird lyrics. Like right? Shakira, like right. one of her, one of my favorite lyrics from her is from She Wolf, where she says, uh, "I'm starting to feel just a little abused, like a coffee machine in an office." That's a freaking awesome <laughs> line. <laughs> what? Yeah, I like that. God that damn. is actually a good line. Man, you know when you know she lyrics has, that always annoyed me was you did the, the all about that bass song yeah. like back in the early 2010s. Oh, oh my god, that song got stuck in my head and it could never get out, and I hated that it be, because it's like I that's never liked it ever. Yeah, what song was that? Oh, I never. It's liked like it. it's all about that bass, about that bass. Oh no god, trouble. you know what? But the mess, but oh, the message. No, but yeah. no, but the song had a really good message behind it. It was about body positivity. No, no, it was not. Not what? In the second verse here. I'll, I'll prove it to you. This is oh. the second verse. I'm bringing booty back. Go ahead and tell them skinny bitches. I. Oh, no, no that's I'm just right. playing. I know y'all think you're fat. Oh, God. Yeah. But I'm here to tell you every uh-huh. inch of you is perfect from the bottom to the top. Um, it's so like, ugh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Down that you kind of said the lyrics, it's just like, oh. Doesn't sound like body positivity. No. Oh, but speaking of that, that applies to all body types. Bitches. That applies to everybody, not just large, you know. <sighs> You know, it's just you had an opportunity to make that song body positive, but you had to talk shit about skinny bitches. The thing is, a lot of people try to gatekeep body positivity as well. It's like it doesn't it's like don't gatekeep that shit. That belongs to everybody. Just because someone's skinny doesn't mean they're insecure. Right. You know what I mean? That doesn't mean I feel perfect. You know what I mean? It's really aggravating. Like I can speak from experience, too. I have the opposite problem. I can't keep on weight. I, I have trouble keeping it on. I'm actually like, no matter how much I eat, I will always be like way too skinny. And that's always been a problem for me as well. And a lot of people forget that like people like that exist too. And then people like, Oh, you're skinny. You're, you're just like a, a skinny bitch. And it's like, but then, because okay. like you know, like you know, a lot of skinnier girls are seem to be more accepted in society. You know, besides those who are, um, you know, plus size. And I can understand why there is, you know, where the body positivity comes from. But honestly, I think it comes from both directions. It's not just for, you know what I'm saying? And I wish more people would actually respect that. Yeah, I'm like a weird, confusing mess when it comes to the body image sort of stuff. Because as someone with like dysphoria and also with like body image stuff, like I'm very self-conscious about my, my size and my weight and stuff. And I, and when I first watched... Uh, honestly, I kind of blame it a lot on the shows I watched growing up, which was like uh, Survivor, even though I love Survivor and stuff like America's Next Top Model. When you're like this like little dysphoric child, it's like this, oh. this is what you end up watching. And then when I first watched RuPaul's Drag Race a couple of years ago and they did like a whole bit on 
uh, body positivity. I was like literally like crying because I was like, wow, I've never heard any of this before. (laughs) It, it, It hasn't clicked in my head to the point where I'm satisfied with how I look, but I am still like... I, I cross my arms over my over my stomach when I'm like idle because I'm just so self conscious about it. But I, it's sense. it's a slow it's a slow process for sure. Right. And being like half half Mexican, half Italian, like I am, uh, we I can put on weight. So it's like I got to really be careful. Yeah, for sure. No, mm, yeah, true. no. I hope it gets better for you. Yeah, honestly, yeah, like, for yeah, sure. It's it better. I'm, I know how you feel. Like I, I. <sighs> It's easy to like hate your body, but you gotta remember to surround yourself in friends who. Oh yeah, who and you gotta. And media that. also plays a role into like you know influencing on body image as you know, well. And plus, you the got obsession like, on what. And plus, like with Victoria's Secret, Calvin Klein, they're I, like putting people. You know, they're putting like the most perfect people to like wear their clothes for their advertisement, and that's just you know it kind of tricks your brain to kind of just make you look at yourself in the mirror, just like. God, like I could never be like those people, but no, no, um, you know, the thing is, it's just like, you know, there are like other companies that legitimately put like, you know, larger size men and women to pose for their, like, you know, like, um, like pair of thieves, pair of thieves, for an example. Um, like I've seen some of their, some of the models when they model, uh, their underwear, like I've seen some bigger dudes. I've seen some skinny dudes mm-hmm. in there, dudes with kind of like the dad bods kind of looking at right. and that kind of stuff. Like to see that that's like one company for, for example, that literally, you know, that literally puts body positivity out there, but like the higher up companies like Calvin Klein, Victoria's secret, they really just find that one model that just looks perfectly you know kind of like perfect physique and everything but in reality there's no such thing as a perfect body but you have Never to understand is. yeah some type of, like a these. model is not uh a model is not the standard of society and a yeah. shout out to rihanna because she sort of changed that game as well um she bought more plus size women within victoria's secret as well and um she played that really well right if you look into it but yeah she kind of just went in was like okay no stop we're going to put every body type into this shit. And she did it. And it was amazing. So I just have to really put that in there as well, because that made a huge difference. Right. Like, I've never they seen don't that. even, they don't even like find perfect people. They, they take normal people and they just like Photoshop, like all the imperfections. Oh, yeah. Some people like, starve themselves. Like, uh, yeah. Like stretch marks and like stretch marks or like dimples or, or like acne on their face or whatever. Yeah. They'll just like, Photoshop that shit off and it just and, and it just creates like this Barbie doll looking freak ass and it it just like makes people like wonder like if they have people yeah. who have like even one blemish on their face are like wow I in I, the 30s I they used right. to make women take a, a I guess quote unquote skinny pill um, just to force women to have like you know like a smaller figure and thank god they got rid of that but it just goes to show yeah. like it's pretty deep like how far back it goes for like body images as well but um yeah well, it's those, pretty upsetting those, those types of pills were available up until like the late 80s early 90s uh, like the you know, that was, based, you like, know, was uh, like before like yeah. that was like before like the fda and anything like that that's as well. terrible yeah hell no there yeah. used to be uh this is your like weird morbid fact of the day. There used to be a weight loss chocolate in the eighties that was really heavily, heavily marketed in the early eighties. Do you oh, want to guess Lord. what it was called? Uh, I don't even want to, I mean, go ahead. Just say it. I'm scared to ask. It was called AIDS chocolate. What the 
What? What? what the hell? You can Google what it. The yeah, hell? It was a real yeah, commercial. They had, like they had women. They're like, I really enjoy my AIDS chocolate, and it was like, mm. and that was before. That was before. So it's just like the worst timing. Oh yeah. Before they wanted to admit anything, I bet you. That's, that was uh, when the AIDS pandemic started going into full swing. Yeah. Now I think about oh, it, things like this God. haven't really gone away because, like, there's like granola bars or something that's just supposed to like watch your weight or something like that. So things like this haven't really gone, like. They haven't oh, really man. disappeared, honestly. Yeah. Because, like, again, like, you still see like, advertisers like, for the pills or it's types of foods that are made, crafted to make you skinny. Right. But it's just like, you know, now I, now that I remember it, aged chocolate just pretty much just went and gone. Everyone forgot about it. Good. We don't need something like that because um, yeah. we need to really drop the body image. Right. Just like- I, I remember a lot of really obscure things. Yeah, there it is. Uh, yeah. Oh. Like, I'm even saying, now, like, nice. even now, there's like sham weight pills that you see all the time. At <laughs> America, I don't because I know Canada actually has like actual regulations for food, but over here we have so many like fake, oh, you know, yeah, lose your weight in one week pills that, that are just like usually sugar and a lot, pills. and a lot of them are just like scams too. Mm-hmm. All scams, all of them are sugar pills, also, yeah. People like, get it through your just because you're bigger doesn't mean you're unhealthy, right? Either, yeah, doesn't right. mean that at all. Yeah. All right, now let's go ahead and get back. Lots on, of stuff like that now. Right now, let's go ahead and get back on track here. No, for no, for for some of your music, um, do you do you throw out? Do you try to throw out any kind of messages in your music to those listening? Like, um, can you kind of elaborate if you do anything kind of like that? Uh, I don't think that i have any songs that are like particularly about like big social change if that's what you mean but i have songs that are are more like mindset based because i tend to write very emotionally right so like uh the song double take uh i i consider it to feel like a 3 a.m post party kind of just standing outside it's a little chilly uh that kind of vibe is a very like when you're starting to get introspective and you're maybe sobering up a bit at like 3 a.m. That's the vibe uh, that I, I try to convey there. I don't know if there's so much like, uh, yeah, it's it's way more like emotional, I think, than like necessarily message-based. Like it's not, you're not going to come out of one of my songs, I think, at least so far uh, with like, yeah, we're going to change the world, but it'll be like, oh, I, I'm in touch with myself and I'm a little sad <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Right. That's right. how I. That's how I see it. I don't. Well, know. I like that. Right it there. can definitely. That's something it can definitely um, capture, <laughs> or is it a real feeling? Right. Now, tell us a little bit uh, about your newest album, Double Take. Well, um, so this has an, a kind of a. I guess I could say, oh, this has a fun story. But I've been saying that about almost everything. So this has another fun kind of story, but also not fun in some ways. Uh, in 2019. Uh, 2019 was a big year for me in terms of my health, so to speak. Uh, in May of 2019, I had uh, a mini stroke. And then in on New Year's Day of 2019, so December 31st at like 10 p.m., I'm driving home from work and I'm in a car accident. So I'm sitting there on like the side of the road. The car is tot- totaled and I'm waiting for like someone to come and take me home. And I'm just like, man, I really would like 2020 to be my year. So I was just like, okay. And so then on the way home, I'm like booking all these days at the recording studio for January. And I ended up working my absolute butt off to get the album done 
uh, in time for Texas Furry Fiesta, where I was a musical guest for the first time ever last year. And I got the CDs made and shipped to the TFF hotel. So at the UPS office in the building, I didn't even have them when I got on the plane to get there. I was just hoping that they were going to show up. Uh, And so I was like, oh, yeah, here we go. 2020, I got my album done, invested a bunch of money into it. And we're going to tour, do like a con a month. And it's going to be awesome. And 2020 is going to be the best year ever. I'm all in. What is happening over there in China right now? I have no idea. It's never going to come here. We're, <laughs> let's go. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, you, you poor, poor thing. Oh, all boy. of us. Coronavirus. What? Corona? Yes. Yeah. coming over And then one month, one month after TFF, we're all stuck at home. I mean, you know, like I, right mean, I, mean I, I mean, I could tell the story how I plagued the whole world just by saying just five words. Oh, yes, please, Danny. Drop it. I'd rather not. <laughs> it's all good, though. Yeah. <laughs> no, but please continue on. Yeah, my album was like, because when, when you have stuff like that happen, where you have like uh, a stroke in like a car accident within the same year, you're just sort of like asking yourself like, well, you know, I have at this point, I've released maybe two songs and uh, and I'm just like, yeah, I'd really like to get something out before something inevitably takes me, uh, whatever it might be, who knows. But I would really like to just get my anything out there. You know, I don't want it to live in my head forever because my head isn't right. going to live forever. Right. So I, I would like to just work my butt off and get it out as as much as I can. And that was the big motivator behind like the the amount of money I dropped and the going to the studio every day, eight hours, just singing and uh, mixing and mastering the whole thing with uh, studio tech. And it was a lot of work and I'm very proud of it because uh, it is not even like a thing most people can say they've done where it's like, yeah, I've made an album and it's, you know, it's not like <laughs> platinum selling or anything, but it's still right. something. It's an, it's an achievement that I can say is it's yeah, fully mine. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, it's something that you put your mind to. You got like looking at your Twitter right now, like you literally have, you're holding a physical copy in your hand right now. And you know, that's bragging rights right there. Mm-hmm. Like, like this is your craft. This is your own, like, you know, blood and sweat. Literally, I, well, I don't know if you can bleed from doing music production, but, you, you know, you get the saying and all that stuff. But it's just like, you know, it has to feel good to hold something in your hand, something that something that was swimming in your head for the longest time. And then you just went and shot the shit and you're, you're and you know, you're just holding it in your hand. You're just like, holy shit, I did this. I made this. This came out of my mind. And now others around the community are listening to they're, they're listening to. They're listening to your ideas. They're listening to your stories. They're listening to something that you put your passion, your love, all into one little CD. How does that make you feel? <laughs> it's it's a great feeling to like look at something that I I had every part in making. I wrote every song. I I composed every melody. I sang on every track. My voice is the only one on the whole album. Uh, every photo. Uh, that was used as reference for cover art was a photo that I staged was a photo that I, I had prepared and I had the the mental idea for the album name is, is of my own conception as well. Um, it's, it's such a big part of me that I put on here and it's not even necessarily the most up to date part of me in a way, because like I said, the first song was written in 2012. And so going down the list, then the last song on the album, Da Vinci was written in 2017. So there's now four years of music since that song was written. 
that I have not released. No one has heard anything from essentially the last four years that I've been writing, uh, except for Sakura, which I released as a single separately last year. But uh, so there's still more material where I'm like, I could do this. And I'm, I'm actually planning to go to the recording studio next Wednesday to hopefully uh, get uh, hopefully one and maybe two songs done. That would be awesome. And then hopefully get them scheduled for a May release. But uh, I still got to get the, the album art done. Finding artists is, is tough, but uh, you know, cause it's like, it needs to be both affordable. It needs to match my vision for the song. So it, it can be tough uh, to find the right artists, but uh, I want to release something this year because at this point uh it's been over a year since my last officially published thing which was sakura on march 20th of last year so been just over a year since my last official release which is now my longest break between releases which is not a great title so i'm like i'd like to put out something and even if it comes in may at least i'll be like really prepared for it right. uh, but i do i do have two songs that i hope will be released in may Right. Okay. Awesome. Okay. Right wow. Looking forward oh, wow. to that. That's for now. Where no. now? Where can everyone listen to your music? Do you are you on Spotify? Are you on Bandcamp or any other services where we can listen to your work? SoundCloud. <laughs> uh, uh, SoundCloud. I've I've actually neglected no. a bit because it's like one of the only ones that doesn't actually pay the artists. So I've been like, eh, that's a low priority one. Well, but all the other ones. Are, I'm on. I'm on Spotify. I'm on uh, Apple Music, even on TikTok. Bandcamp, you can get the CDs, the physical CD on Bandcamp, and I'll sign and mail it anywhere in the world. I actually have a, two cork boards up in my bedroom with uh, maps that I bought that I, I'm sticking pins in wherever I get like Spotify streams or album sales. So I've got yellow pins for Spotify streams and white pins for uh albums so i've got like the little map laid out because i was like you know i'm not like i said I'm not, they're not platinum's editions yet or whatever so it's like i can keep track it's still manageable and like you would wonder how big a map like that would look for someone like a fox and more so it's like i want right. to be able to keep track right. of this while i can right 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 no and i'm such a data uh, nerd too so yeah, like, there I'm, you go <laughs> <laughs> there you go now um, who now in the fandom um which which musician is your biggest inspiration Ooh, uh, I, Ooh, that's tough. I, I do like the hustle that a lot of them have put into it. Um, oh, that's so hard. It's like choosing between a bunch of people that have become my friends, you know? Who like your favorite like artist or content creator is in the fandom. It's like who's you, your, you have, your, you have your list of people that you like, but it's so hard to like pick the singular one. It's so hard. Yeah. It's it is a question that I, I get asked a lot when I go live on TikTok. People ask me like, who inspired you to even to become like a furry? And it's like, I know who I used to like watch and uh, uh, idolize for a time. But in a lot of ways, I do feel like I've kind of carved my own identity because I don't really attribute where I am now directly to my idolization or my fan behavior of a specific creator like like every young furry that came in the 2010s you know i had my majira phase that didn't last too long oh, uh i had right uh i had those phases where i watched those creators like blue the dragon and whoever right now i don't think i'm subscribed to any uh furry youtubers just because it's it's not really my content and it's that's why i've tried to make my own and i almost think that that's a large part of why i've tried to be such a such a louder uh voice of like uh furs of color as well i love that because 
because I guess I just I didn't see a lot of myself in these uh, creators. You know, it was they're all sort of the and maybe that's a little a bit general, but in in my view, and at least that's how it was back then. Right. It was like a lot of them are mid to late twenties, white, gay, Midwestern American guys, and it's like I can't relate to them as a, uh, you know, as like a brown Canadian uh, teen that's like teetering on dysphoria and transness, and it's like right. uh, I can't relate to these people anymore. I tried, right, but I can't. Right. And sure. Like, I don't know. Like, that's why I always speak up even for like diversity stuff. Cause like even at TFF last year where I was the musical guest, I was the only first time performer on the entire uh, uh, list of concerts. I was the only Canadian. I was, I think one of only two people of color. Uh, I say think because the other person that was there, I don't actually think that they were credited as a, musical guests, but they were there and they did participate in a concert, but I don't think they were officially credited. Uh, and I was the youngest. So I stood out for uh, a myriad of reasons and I, I did my best to make my mark. I judged the dance competition. I ran my trademark survivor panel, which I love doing because it's like little survivor competition. That's like competitive and stuff. It's a lot of fun. I bring challenges and we get their vote outs and all this cool stuff. But I just, I, I want to do it differently than it's been done. And right. I, I didn't come from a place of, uh, like of, uh, having it handed to you, but that's not really even the best way to put it. It's just when you're, uh, I've seen the fandom statistics for, uh, the, the sort of like ethnic race breakdown of it. And I, I know that, uh, furs of color, I think are like 17% of the overall fandom, which means that 83% is white. And we see that in the big creators of the fandom. And uh, that's just, I don't know, like ever since I've, I've found that out and I've started to learn more about uh, the, the way that the world is, it's been on my mind more and more that I need to be me and I need to distinguish myself and I need to uh, just be someone that even on the surface just looks different because like we need the diversity in, in this fandom. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. It's not, I'm not the best at getting out all these thoughts because it's still very much something I'm still learning. And, uh, even like discovering for myself, like the whole, the whole, uh, Twitter situation, like two, three days ago with the whole Lil Nas X fursuit thing, people were jumping down my throat and they were, pissed at me i was getting yeah. <laughs> so many comments but that's because and i said it in the youtube video that i made because i felt like i had to make the video right because you had there was another uh, odin wolf did a video on it and odin wolf fits that exact same archetype i just described like mm. two minutes ago so it's like so he, he didn't have the perspective on it but i also didn't want to touch those issues because that wasn't what it was about to me it was about a celebrity doing something dumb to the fandom right and that was it. Right. And the part that let the part that I went on about the part that let me down was because uh, because they seemed to have a relationship with uh, Sonic Fox, uh, Lil Nas X had or has. Uh, I was of the mind, and being such a music nerd like I am, I was like, "Oh, this is going to be so exciting!" Because Sonic Fox is the black queer furry in the gaming community, and we could have the same thing in the music industry. So, and because when Lil Nas X came out as gay, it was such a huge deal for like, you know, a young 
black superstar right. to right, come right, out right. like that. So mm-hmm. when the when the allusions to furrydom were were happening, I was like, oh my god, this could actually happen. And then when when we got what we got, I was like, well, this this fucking sucks. And there's my first f bomb of the podcast. But I was <laughs> I was I wasn't mad. Right. I, I wasn't mad and I wasn't like pissed off. I'm I'm just like, you disappointed me. You teased us, you baited us, and we're supposed to pat you on the back and and say good job. Right. And no, I'm I'm i I'm tired of uh and again, maybe that's my perspective as being a person of color and starting to realize that is that like I love the fandom and I said it as much in a, a Twitter comment today because someone was uh coming at me about the the video and stuff, you know, right. I, they're like, Oh, the fandom is a, the fandom is a joke. It's like cringe. And I'm like, yeah, it's a joke that raises millions for charity. Right. It's a, it's a cringe that it's a safe space for queer people to explore identities. Right. And so what the hell, like, what do you want? You can't have it both ways. You can't, right. You need to either like, I think the fandom has a problem with standing up for itself, frankly. And I think it's because we built ourselves into such a culture of calling ourselves trash and stuff. And that's fine when it's us doing it. But when it's someone else calling us trash, why don't we have a problem with it? Why do we just like allow it to happen? We can correct them. You don't get to make fun of like if we, we see this, I guess, in uh, LGBT uh, LGBT stuff, right? Like if you had a straight person, that's like, oh, that's totally gay. That doesn't fly. So why does like them like dumping on us when we do so much good in the world why is that okay i think it's for the fact that like no especially with some people no matter how much you want to explain how good the fandom seems to be they will not get it and they will not understand because they are too deep within like the stereotypes and you again we already have a large majority of people who aren't even in the fandom think that we're all zoophiles for the love of god you know what i'm saying and another common stereotype is the fact yeah. that we have these fursuits and we have it's sex stereotype. And we see the stereotype started was that one episode from csi that was like years oh, ago yeah, I forgot that about was that. the that was the yeah. thing that really painted our image really bad i've got because of that one episode i've oh I want to like add three quick asterisks. See how quick I can blow through these. Go ahead. Uh, asterisk one in the CS in the CSI episode. One of the plot points is that the they found civet uh, musk on the body because civet oh. w- was used in perfumes uh, for a long time because of a, they have a very signature scent. So that's uh, a tie. I guess I have to the CSI. <laughs> oh, episode. Wow. Uh, wow. Thing number two. It, thing number two is that I was invited on to, or not invited. I was paid to be in a Netflix movie in my fursuit as part of a Halloween scene. And then when the movie ended up airing, I'm like not in it at all. They paid me extra to be there. And then the day ended up like basically cutting me completely. So the, it's not, it's not turned uh, totally in our favor yet. And I actually tried to contact the director to see if I could get the footage because I was there for four days and I'm like, I I would really like to see that footage because no, but, it, but, it, but, it, but it's Christ. but it's like why why come over and do the scene if they cut it out entirely? It's exactly what I'm trying to figure out. Yep, well, and the director literally sense. kept pulling me up. The director literally kept pulling me up to the front of the camera because he's like, "Oh, your suit looks so good in the in the lights and stuff in the Halloween party." And so I'm like in a lot of shots. So they had to really work to get rid of me from the cut. So I'm weird. incredibly disappointed. Uh, and then, hmm. uh, really? Where, where would they do that? I don't know, but no, at least some, I got someone's paid. not lying. Yeah, that's a, yeah. At least you got you, at least you got your bag. So but it's that, like, see, but, that's look, what happens. Thing, that's, that's what happens. That's what happens when people share their Netflix passwords. They have to cut budgets. <laughs> they got to cut footage. Damn. <laughs> 
But it's just like, it's like, I'm still trying to wrap it around my head as to like, hey, come over, um, do this movie with us. And then you watch it. Where the fuck am I? It's like, yeah, I got paid, but it would like, it would be nice to see me within the film. You know what right? I'm saying? It's just like, it doesn't make sense. It's just like, excuse me, but was, what the fuck? I mean, honestly, honestly, because I do that for work, you know, I'm like, I do movie extra stuff for work in and out of suit, uh, mostly out of suit. But, uh, you know, it, it depends on the person. Sometimes there's people that want to be right up at the front because they want to be right in the camera and you want to guarantee that you get seen. And then there's some people that would rather hang around at the back so then you can be the first one to like run to the uh, the food area when the shut, the the cut happens. <laughs> so like, I, I personally don't really have a preference. Like I, I go wherever they place me. Uh, but for that specific one, I was like, I was really like looking forward to seeing my suit on, on camera on a Netflix movie. I was like, yeah. And I was hyping it up so much. And then I watched it and I was like, oh, I'm not here at all. I'm visible out of suit in the, like the school hallway, like very clearly in my right. sig signature tiger backpack, which is, I guess the one, the one furry thing about my appearance in the movie. But, uh, yes, I was, it was a letdown to be sure. Man, and I was gonna say a third thing, but I forgot what it was. So you can continue. <laughs> All right, that's fine. <laughs> like, could you imagine they say, "Okay, hey, this guy can do an awesome backflip. Come and do that for us," and they completely cut that out, right? <laughs> that makes sense to me. It's like a bunch of horse crap right there, dude. Like, cool. at least warn you. Like, at least let yeah. you know before Hollywood. you like watch yeah. it. Hollywood, it's fucking Hollywood, man. Oh, yeah. I remember. I remember what I was gonna say now. The third thing, because you said that, uh, and it, the stereotype that we always get asked about if we have sex in the suits and stuff uh-huh and what i usually because i get asked that a lot on tiktok because when my streams hit the like the recommended page right. we get like sometimes 500 people most of like 99 haters so the chat is like just on fire Ugh. because people are telling me lots of things but right. i get that question a lot and the way i respond is usually by saying can you name me an outfit that hasn't had hasn't been had sex in it before can you name me one I don't think you can. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not saying that all furries have sex in their suits, but I mean, people have sex in police uniforms. People have sex in priest outfits. People have sex in like, what is the, what is the weird part Made here? Yeah, exactly. And um, like, what's, why are you drawing? Why are you drawing the line? <laughs> I, it, it has something to do with like the, cause they wear the heads. A lot of people yeah. wear the heads. I think that's like what really sets it and apart. Plus, for and, some and, people. and then again, they are animals and that's kind of a bit taboo. And don't so forget to say. they, a lot of, you know, they see it as like furry is one big fetish, you yep. know, especially, you know, yep. it ties in with like the sex yeah. and shit. But, oh yeah. But yeah, it's just that the stereotypes are so deep. They can't look past that and they only see us as, as one thing, no matter how much good we have done, no matter how much we do. Like, there's so much in furry for everyone, but, you know, it's just impossible at certain I like, to, I usually like to, especially in like a low stakes setting, like a TikTok live where like basically nothing matters. I like to just have as much fun with the, the poor wording that some of the haters have as oh. much as possible. <laughs> oh, yeah. So when they, say, when they comment, <laughs> when they're like, do furries have sex? I say, yes, uh, furries are the only people that have sex no one else no one else has sex if you have sex you're a furry yeah that's a, that's yeah. great that's a great response that's a, no that's no that's stellar that's a stellar response man that's great but then it's like yes yeah, sex does you happen can, consensual you, adults yes it happens and 
I mean, y'all like, like, huh? if they want. It's like you got people fucking fucking in whole ass fucking anime uniforms and shit. There are fucking it's people like, who dress up in the Star Trek uniforms and they fucking bang spend, too. And they have the nerve to be like, this is normal. On yeah. And you're, t- you're trying to tell people what they can and can't do exactly. with it. Like, come on. And then you got people pretending to be kids. You know, it's like, it's, it's like, so I, it's like, mm. it's like I, I got a suit myself, but I don't fuck in it. But if you have a suit and you want to fuck in it, that's your business. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? That's your fucking business. Like, I, it's like, I don't, it's like, I don't give a damn what you do with that suit. Look, as long as it's consensual, it's adults, but you want to touch kids, big... fuck it. Do whatever you want. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Cass. I, like, that's my thoughts on it, really, is that with how uh, Sonic Fox became such a big force for the gaming community, I and I do think that that will happen eventually. I know a lot of people uh, retreat into their... Uh, like online forums when they're like, oh, furry going mainstream re. I, I think that in a lot of ways, everything is going to end up going mainstream in a way. Uh, we had a politician up here in Canada who was uh, extremely beloved, uh, Jack Layton, who passed away a few years ago. Uh, I think he was the, he was ahead of the NDP party up here in Canada, which is like the big progressive party. Uh, but he was super popular. He was like always in office and he was a huge Trekkie. He always went to the conventions. He took lots of photos and this stuff became like, it was so normalized up here in that way. And even then it, it worked its way into like sitcoms and all this stuff, you know, even in the States, you know, big bang theory and all this shit. Right. And I don't know why they handle that stuff with uh, a level of, Uh, care that you don't necessarily see with the stuff when it comes to furry but it is getting better because i know my parents consume a lot of those like uh cheap cop shows so there's always a token furry episode and i i listen for the wording the the one that you hear the most often is when they say furry suit which is almost there but it's not because it's funny because my parents call my first suit a furry suit so it's, 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 it's so it's yeah. perfect there he goes wearing his furry i don't suit. i don't know where they get it from i honestly don't know where they get the word like furry suit from. Older parents, people parents, are saying that, that's all know? i can say yeah. is parents like are you wearing that a dog suit or something. Dog again. suit. Uh, right. Do they dress up like, that a, it's like Especially with the kids. It's like, look, like I'm wearing my German Shepherd fursuit. And then, you know, they got the little kids. It's like, look at the wolf, mommy. <laughs> I'm going to bite your children. Imagine yeah. what they're going to say with they the get a lot. Oh, they're no. getting... <laughs> They're getting more and more of the words correct, though, as time seems to go on. Uh, yeah. They're they're definitely they know the word for Sona. That's for certain. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. They're uh, they're, that's, a good one to know. that's starting to become like common vocabulary now. Yeah, as long as they, as long as you don't have people asking you what mer means, because I don't. Oh, think yeah, you know. it's like when you hear that, it's just like, did you say mer? And you're just like, no. <laughs> yeah, I no, did not. No. I did not. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, for sure. But yeah, I guess I guess I just have a lot of opinions on that stuff uh, because I kind of like have worked in the local politics scene a little bit too. So I've seen the way that issues get handled and the the wording of things, and that's part of like I do public speaking. So of course I got drawn into that right. sort of community. Uh, on the more like progressive-ish side of things, don't worry. Right. <laughs> you don't have like some and like I I always like 
I, like a lot of my views for the for the U.S. are like really like Bernie Sanders like left views. But like I have a few in Canada that are like not as popular. Like I mentioned the British stuff, you know, like I'd be more than happy to leave the Commonwealth. That's technically a right wing view in Canada. So, huh. wow. But, okay. I know. I know. You would think that. Well, be, because technically because it's like a right thing, it's a Republican view as in a republic. Oh. So that's what that's what it is. It's so stupid. But. Yeah. So <laughs> you know, it's really so, it's really interesting hearing politics from other countries. Yeah, I'm intrigued by that. Oh, as yeah, well. I, I'm intrigued by that. Yeah, well, we have, y'all have someone who's like the the Canadian version of Alex Jones up there too. Right. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I his name though, but he's super like right wing apparently, and it's just like the fuck. He's like multiplying. We now. don't talk about Alex Jones. That's no, a- no, we don't talk about Alex Jones. I, talk- I can't say. I can't say I know from memory who that could be. The only name that comes to mind would be Ezra Levant, but I don't know if that's who I mean, who we, I mean we can go to high pitch uh, Ben Shapiro if oh you wanted to. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, yeah, no thanks. Ben Shapiro. I don't want to hear about else. Ben Shapiro's wet ass p word. That was uh, fucking funny. That was wet man. ass p word. Yeah. Get a bucket and a pop. That shit was funny. No, we're yeah. talking about a man who says rap isn't music because yeah. da- Daddy said so because he took music theory and it's like God, <laughs> shut up, please don't talk it's ever just again. Like, no, just stop, just stop. No more. We we love clowning on Ben Shapiro up here in Canada. We think that a lot of those people oh, are jokes beautiful. for the most part. We will gladly just high five you on that because we do the same. That's bullshit. great. Just yeah, yeah. <laughs> Right. <laughs> that's the thing is a lot of those people aren't used to having talkers like me and when i see that like, like that david crowder like uh change my mind i'm like cracks knuckles like okay right let's go. <laughs> like, like okay I'm, bet yeah. watch me just challenge accepted <laughs> that's great man <laughs> you guys want to go ahead and move on to news yeah sure all right oh by the way news. you're going you, you're going to love our new news intro Oh boy. All right. So it is time for some news. This is the SoCal Syndicate News. Our weekly roundup of news, what's trending, and articles with news that will make you say, What the? F-? Was that an art or what? Yes. Epic. <laughs> <Beautiful>. <laughs> No, so that was the same dude that actually does our intro and outro for the podcast. He I really, love him. really does great work. Uh, and funny enough, uh, he's apparently a pastor too. And I guess this is like his side job, I guess, or yep. his, his, side his hustle, like his gig, pretty much. He does a great job, so I don't see why not. <laughs> he really does. Yeah. He really does a really fantastic job. Really yeah. adds a, adds an edge to the uh, intros and outros and all that to the show. Definitely. I just love the I just love the fact that he added the glass breaking at the end of what the. <laughs> it was a nice touch. <laughs> it is. That really is. So, we have some con cancellation news, unfortunately. So our first Whoa. con. Yeah, I know. We know why. No. Big bad Rona. Cardi B nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, um, FWA for the second year in a row has announced their cancellation. If you go to their um announcement on their website, it is in quote: "These are unprecedented times that we have find ourselves in, and we are still very much in the grips of the global pandemic." 
We have made the difficult decision to cancel Furry Week in Atlanta 2021. The decision was not made lightly, and we have factored in concerns over the health and safety of our attendees, staff, and our local community. We want to reassure everyone that Furry Week in Atlanta as an organization is still viable, and we are already planning for a return with Furry Week in Atlanta 2022. Planning for FWA 2022 is still in the early stages, and a date has not been finalized yet. Once more information becomes available, we will, of course, share it with you as soon as as possible so if you're an attendee who elected to have your membership roll over to 2021 your registration will automatically roll over to our event for 2022 no additional action will be needed on your part as if you are a dealer who have uh, and if you have elected to roll over their table purchases for 2021 we'll receive an email in the coming days with more details on what actions can be taken so what does that mean for furry week in atlanta we want to take this time to thank the furry community for your incredible love and support through these difficult times. Thanks for your financial support. Furry Week in Atlanta will be able to regroup and plan for a return in 2022. That being said, it shouldn't be a surprise to hear that the going years without an event is financially challenging for a nonprofit organization. Furry Week in Atlanta is continuing to look for ways to reduce our expenses and raise funds to help us survive through these lean times. As the global pandemic unfolds, we made the difficult, difficult decision to close our community space and halt all work in our offices. Many of you have joined us for streaming events such as Furry Weekend at Home, and we thank you for all of the continued support online. If you have fundraising ideas, we would love to hear from you. If you'd like to help support Furry Week in Atlanta and help our event in 2022, be one, be one to remember. You can make a donation at reg.myfwa.com slash donate. When you make purchases from our con store, you are helping support FWA directly. The con store has a wide range of products and furry themed swag from previous FWAs. You can check out what's available at constore.furryweekend.com. Did they actually say swag? Yes, they did. Yep, they did. <laughs> they actually said swag. But, you know, there is good news. Over on their Twitter, they actually... Oh, I pressed the wrong tweet. What am I doing? We got to go to... Oh, there we go. And so, yeah, so they do have a virtual event that is actually going to go on. And that is stated for May 7th to the 8th of 2021. So they got a virtual event going on. So that's a nice little alternative with like what TFF is doing right now. They got their virtual thing going on. So yeah, there is hope. So don't sweat it. Right. FWA is definitely probably be I'll submit probably to do a concert for FWA as well. Oh, great. <laughs> right. Ooh, nice. And, right. Can't and, wait to see it. Right. And also, by the way, a, a physical event actually happened for a con this year. Really? Out in Australia. Really? Oh. Okay. Yeah, so this this past week, I think it was last week's, and so the FurCon Fur Out West out in Australia has completed their physical event. Wow. Wow. Nice. Really impressive. Jelly. But the reason but here's the reason why they were able to do this to, to do this event in person because their COVID cases are next to not existent. Look at that. Just look at these look at these charts right here. It's just as of March 27th, 12 new cases have only been reported in Australia as a whole. Wow. Oh, Good wow. for them. <laughs> and as for um Georgia's COVID cases, I forgot to um 
announced that with um, the Furry Week in Atlanta news. As of March 26th, um, Georgia has reported 1,815 new cases. Ugh. And while in Australia, it's Oof. next to non-existent. Wow, that's crazy. Only 12. Yeah, 12 cases. 12 cases in Australia. I haven't seen that few cases since deal or no deal. <laughs> There's like four cases in New Zealand right now. Only four. Wow. Wow. Well, even like towards like maybe the middle of the pandemic, like other countries seem to have it under control of it like new zealand especially new zealand australia yep. they, they did an incredible job like china, taiwan china they did a con too yeah Dude. china yeah china had an in-person con too that was last year yeah that was like they were able to do it because they had everything pretty much completely under control oh, mm-hmm. so let's go ahead and go on to some more cancellation news anthrocon has canceled their year for the second time in a row. Oh, no. Yeah, I know. So if you go to anthrocon.org, they have an announcement on the very front of their page. We had high hopes, but at this point, it looks like that we will not be able to safely hold the convention. As such, we have come to the unfortunate conclusion that the convention will be canceled this year. For those of you who had deferred memberships or dealerships from 2020, those deferrals were carried over to the 2022 year, as will Hotel Rooms 1 at the charity auction. Emails with the coupon codes for Anthrocon 2022 will be sent out at a later date. Those who are purchasing memberships for this year need not do anything. Those memberships will be canceled and since no payments were processed, so there are no refunds that need to be issued. We are planning a virtual convention for this year. Information regarding the virtual convention will follow shortly. Plans are proceeding for the in-person convention for 2022, which will take place June 30th to July 3rd. We plan to carry over the theme once again, Esso's Fables. We are looking forward to Anthrocon's recurrent in 2022 and are excitedly anticipating seeing everyone in person and make the return of Anthrocon 2022 the best Anthrocon ever. And as for the state of Pennsylvania, as of March 26th, they have reported 5,017 new cases. Jeez. Hmm. Are just running laps around us. Jeez. <laughs> right. Yeah, they make it look so easy. Right? Right. Well, like I said, America's entitled to shit, so yeah. we're not gonna <laughs> <laughs> well, even- And then like I said, we have those like crazy those crazy ass anti-masker characters who are like, they're putting microchips in our in our and our masks. Oh my god! I already have a headache thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Gooey. We like we needed that. I have a condition. <laughs> yeah, or how they? You, you're they, stubborn. That's what you're. That's your condition. You're they, stubborn. Yeah, you're stubborn. They got their kids to burn the mask. Remember that? Oh yeah, shit? that was a oh, thing. Yeah. yeah. It's like okay. That was a thing, but. We do have a little bit of positive news regarding um, Big as Little as Furcon this year. So if you go over to uh, at Big as Little as FC on Twitter, um, they have released a newsletter. And they, in quote, we're pleased to follow up our recent announcement of the postponement of BLFC 2021 to Q4 with this announcement of BLFC 2021's new dates. And their new dates are as listed as October 21st to October 24th. Late in the year, in just a week before Halloween, current projections suggest October 21st to October 24th falls well after a point at which most 
all adults, including all those planning to attend BLFC, will have had access to vaccination, had, as had been the case with prior schedule changes and continuing to be the case now. If you have a reservation at a block, you're responsible for canceling, modifying it. Refunds and deposits will depend on the terms of their individual reservation. And cancellation, modification, information can be found in your confirmation email. If your reservation wasn't booked, the GSR is already in the process of moving it to the new dates on corresponding check-in slash out days. You should receive a confirmation email once your reservation has been moved. Until then, please refrain from attempting to contact the hotel to cancel or make changes to your reservation. With respect to registration, all paid BLFC 2020 slash 2021 registrations will automatically carry over to these new dates at the same registration level. Those who wish to have their registration refunded and not carried over to the new October 2021 dates may request a refund at reg.goblfc.org slash account slash orders. Click the three period select request refund and submit your refund request. Selection for panelists, dealers, bazaar, Algar art gallery and the like will carry over to the October 2021 dates. If you canceled any of these things because of the prior moves and schedule changes, contact the relevant department to request a reestablishment and we will make sure every effort to accommodate you is done and done. See, as of March 26, 2021, Nevada has reported only 446 new cases. That's... Good. <laughs> I gotta say, I I wonder like what the hotel contract for BLFC must be like because last year they didn't cancel either. They they pushed it right yeah, to like right. October, yeah, and they, then they, they canceled they, it again. Yeah, they rescheduled. They rescheduled last year. It seems pretty lenient. Mm -hmm. It seems really lenient for BLFC side. But my quick take here is if these cases continue to stay low like even if stagnant or if it even goes lower than that blfc just might happen um uh, I, mean, I mean i mean don't take it from me i'm not a professional but that's just my take here like if the conditions out in nevada continue well not only just nevada just as the country as a whole if not the whole country the whole world that right. all depends well then you gotta get you got to get Dr. Fauci on here to tell you how likely the furry conventions right. are to happen. <laughs> we should invite him. That we should be... invite him. In so, Doctor, our fursuit heads considered masks. Oh, my God. Oh, oh, I love that God. take. <laughs> He'd probably be like, first off, what's a fursuit head? All right. <laughs> right. Man, I totally forgot about that. Man. Well, yeah. yeah. Now, let's go ahead and go on to some entertainment news. You guys want some more? You guys want some entertainment news? Entertain us. Yeah. Bring it on. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, you know what I'm saying? Entertainment. So, the Suicide Squad has unleashed your first R rated trailer. And that's the second one. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Yeah, ben, we, I watched that. I yeah. Like, so, they literally just where, came out with. Where is the Space Jam trailer? Oh, <laughs> where right? is Where is the Space Jam trailer? LeBron. <laughs> We're, we're waiting for that. Yeah. Lola Bunny. Right. So, oh. yes. Oh, right. Lola 
funny. Yeah, so the R-rated project sees filmmaker James Guan, known for Marvel's Guardian of the Galaxy films, devil into the world of DC for their first time. It includes a few cast members from David Ayer's 2016 Suicide Squad, including Margaret Robbie as Harley Quinn, Joel Kinnaman as Rick Flagg, and Chell Courtney as Captain Bloomberg. And you can actually watch the you can actually watch the trailer on YouTube and anywhere else you can get your trailers. I am so stoked for that. As a matter of fact, ever since Sage has shown me the Harley Quinn show, right? I just fell in love with it. Right? Like I bet this was probably gonna you know, be a lot better. You know, I got a fun fact for you, um, Tuka. You would greatly appreciate this. If you watch the Harley Quinn show, the person that voices Batman is the person that voices Bojack Horseman. And I didn't even know. No that. Shit. Will Arnett. Yeah. Really? Yes. Honestly, well, the show doing, is great. Doing, oh, where is this on? Because I, I know it's, he was doing Lego Batman. Yeah, you can a, you can <laughs> actually, you can actually watch uh, the Harley Quinn show on HBO Max. Yeah, they, they got two. Oh, shit, they, I got HBO Max, so yeah. I might as well. So they got so they got season one and two, and they're currently working on season three right now. Man, wow. that's so yeah, funny. Cause... I'm gonna have to give that a look. Right, and in some gaming, I have, news. A, I have a soft spot for DC. I yeah, like I do too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was just like ever since I watched the Harley Quinn show, I was just like, yeah, I got a soft spot for them now. Yeah, it was a lot better than I thought. Like, I was like yeah, oh, this is <laughs> it's just like it's like I never heard of this even, show even, until now. It's like they're just average Joes, but they're still villains. In, you, just, know, you know, it's like if you ever if you ever watched a Batman animated series growing up, this is pretty much yeah. like a dedication to us older now. In oh a way. yeah. Man. It's like in the same art style and everything. It's just like, how come I never heard of this until Sage told me? It's like, what the fuck? I've heard of it. I just never really gave it a chance. But fuck, that was great. <laughs> Man, for sure. So we got some gaming news for you. Among <laughs> Us has finally released their release date for their airship map. Yep. <laughs> so according to an... Uh, Among Us. Amongus. Amongus. Humongous. Humongous. So according so according to Polygon, Among Us's new map, the airship, will be released on March 31st. Developer Interslop announced Thursday. The new map was originally revealed in December and will arrive as part of a free update that adds ladders, a basic account system for moderation, and the ability to pick the room you start in, the developer said. Of course, there are more new hats. Among Us launched in 2018 with a single map with two other maps added over the years, making airship the game's fourth playable map. The game, however, absolutely blew up in 2020 and the success caught the developer off guard it said in the latest update so yes the airship map is finally coming out at the end of the month are you guys excited about that you know yeah oh yeah feeling a little sus there (laughs) it's their biggest map and i I haven't played among us since december it's one of the right like i think it was like inspired like uh, by like is it called Henry Stickman I believe which some like references on the map as well so that's pretty cool but, right yeah. oh yeah I think there's an airship in the Henry Stickman games I oh, think so okay. too my, my brother plays those yeah also some celebrity news for you guys um Benny Irwin has given birth to her baby girl with her husband Chandler Powell good for her 
Yeah, Steve would have been a grandfather. Yeah. yeah. We so, got another generation coming. Oh, yeah, for sure. The bloodline's still going. <laughs> we got to get one for that. So. I love Steve Irwin. I did, too. Steve Irwin's the man. No, man. He, 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 died at, he died at his own edge of the sword, which is fucking sad. I can't help but feel like she may have had pressure, feeling like she has to carry on her dad's like legacy in a way. You know what I, I, mean? I can kind of see that. But, but, um, I just know that she's are. young. We're, we, me and her, are born in the same year, so she had a kid now. We're the same age. I'm like, oh wow, yeah. oh, you're 22, 23, yeah. something like that. Wow, wow, I'm 22. So yeah. wow, yeah, I'm like. How old are you? I'm 28 right now. I'm turning 30. Old. This year. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna have to hang up my fursuit head. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you to, you're officially a gray muzzle when you turn 30. Uh, yeah. great beak. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be 29 in gray a, beak. <laughs> I'm gonna be 29 <laughs> in a couple months. Very death oh, age. A couple weeks, I mean. A couple <laughs> weeks. Ooh, so yeah, I'm nearing yeah. the age. So according to Entertainment Canada, um Benny Irwin and her husband Chandler Prow are now a family of three. The 22-year-old uh conversationalist gave birth to their first child together a baby girl on thursday she announced on instagram friday in a sweet announcement pic erwin and prowl smile as they lovingly look down at their baby girl according to the second pic which features a onesie with a koala on it grace warrior erwin prowl was born at 5 52 p.m on march 25th her parents first wedding anniversary the newborn was seven pounds seven ounces and 20 inches long Jeez, did they get the whole birth certificate? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of information. Right, I was right? going to say, yeah, why was, was the point of all I don't even know that much about my own birth. Right? <laughs> I don't right. know how many inches I was. And it's like, man, they got the whole detail and everything. It's like, man, they went into the nitty gritty to find like, okay, guys, we need to figure out how big this baby is, how long it is. And... Why does it matter? Why does that? I don't know. It's. Hey, since since Australia is not any part of the Commonwealth anymore, this is the closest thing they have to like a royal baby, oh, basically. Lord. Yeah, pretty okay. much. I agree. I agree. But you the know, Irwins have to be there. like superstars over there. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, if uh, who was it, Crocodile Dundee put like Australia back on the map, then <laughs> Steve Irwin like cemented Australia's uh, Australia in everybody's hearts. Right. I really love that there's this like uh the like the three oh, I forget what they called it. It's not like the 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 three like pure modern day oh, yeah. people, you know, yeah. it's like uh Bob Ross, Steve Irwin, and I think it's Mr. Rogers that's the third yeah. one. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And LeVar Burton. Right. Too. Yep. Reading Rainbow. Yeah. <laughs> okay, guys. Um before we get to our next articles here, I gotta ask you guys one question. Yep. Oh boy. Okay, now let's say if you're you're now What's let's that? say now let's say if you had a kid, okay, and your kid was being bullied at school, and how would you how would you handle this situation? Oh man. Well, <laughs> well, from what my mother's done for me, she actually went down the neighborhood to find the girl that bullied me. We found her house. We went up to that and we said, "Hey, she said, I don't know what your daughter's doing to my kid, but y'all need to stop. She said she went to the parents and oh. told them straight up no. So what I would have done, I don't know. I would probably wouldn't have done what my mom did. But um oh, I also got an article. Situation. Honestly, I don't oh really know. <laughs> I don't really know. Uh okay, Tuka, what would you do? 
Uh, if my child was getting bullied, um, I'd probably tell the kid, hey, next time that kid uh, has gives you any trouble, just tell a joke. Make the kid laugh. Okay. Laugh your way out of any situation. <laughs> okay. Um, Gooey. That's, That's awesome. what got me through high school. <laughs> Gooey, what would you do? Motherfucker, you're trying to bully my kid? You want to say? <laughs> Gooey said, Gooey chose violence. Gooey chose violence. All right. Yeah. Cassidy, <laughs> Cassidy, what would you do? Uh, growing up with my, my mom being from Mexico, it was always throwing hands as, as immediately. <laughs> oh, just but, like, but not, someone, but, someone's getting hit. But but not a chunkla? The, the, the throw the stand. Did you just throw the chunkla at him, right? Nope, ass beat. Well, when you're when you're at school, you got to take off your whole shoe. That's a lot of work. It's a lot easier to just push the kid. Right. Oh, I forgot to say the chick that was bullying me had me actually got me like so mad, like in the back of my head because I used to be in band class. I thought about just getting my clarinet case and just hitting her upside the head because she would not leave me alone. But I didn't do it. Oh my god! <laughs> I didn't care. It was like junior high. Right. I'm telling you, them white girls were crazy. So oh. I'm like, all right, try me. Let's go. Right. <laughs> oh, I, I can tell you about them white girls. Okay. <laughs> oh, they have so much shit to talk. I'm like, God, you are so glad I had Man. grace and patience, or it would have been over. <laughs> Man. Well, and I, then I literally give my literally give my Sona like one of the whitest girl names out there. <laughs> Cassidy. Right. Yeah. Well, oh my god. Well, Cassidy. I think I know. I I make yeah. the joke all the time. I'm like, I I I see some creative names in the fandom, and I get the name that they can actually spell right in the Starbucks. Right. The facto Starbucks like name. Right. <laughs> okay. Um. So I think my article can top all your guys's answers. Oh. Yes. Oh, I'm ready. <laughs> Florida mom wearing boxing glove fights student at daughter's school, according to reports. <laughs> oh, my God. She brought boxing gloves, damn. A boxing she, glove. She fought the student. Look, yes. if they're old enough to talk shit, they're old enough to fight. Yes. True. true. <laughs> okay, true. Yes. Yes. Bullshit. <laughs> like I get on my knees, like all right, let's go. <laughs> like oh man, mom, uh, mama bear is out of the den, and she is ready to kill yes. someone. So mom. this was out in Jacksonville. So a Jacksonville mother was charged with child abuse after fighting a child at her daughter's school while wearing a boxing glove, according to reports. Edith Riddle, 34, was arrested Thursday and charged with child abuse. According to the, to the arrest report, a school safety officer heard a frantic announcement over their school radio around noon that there was a fight underway outside the cafeteria. When the officer arrived, they found that Riddle had gotten into a physical fight with a child unrelated to her. The victim was found with abrasions on her knees and forearms. How old were they? Holy fuck. How uh, old were they? I don't know. Yikes. Jesus Jeez. Christ. I mean, have you seen most of these kids in like junior high? They're fucking t as tall as an adult. So it's like, okay. <laughs> she probably was like, Look. I don't even know anymore, man. <laughs> oh, man. According to the police report, Riddle had just exited the school with her own daughter after a meeting with the vice principal about her eighth graders' hostile outbursts at another student. Rather than leaving the campus after the meeting, First Coast News says Riddle's daughter went to the cafeteria to start a fight with the other child. Riddle's daughter threw some punches on the victim before Riddle joined in. Whoa, whoa, what? Whoa. Um, This is a joint effort? 
Oh, damn. Oh, family okay, affair. Damn. Look, yeah, hey, you got the whole you got the Hispanics and blacks will fuck you up. They will get the whole family if they have. Honestly, I'm going to share this Hispanics because they you see, you're having will come get your ass. Town running, running into start whopping on you. They've oh my god! Like oh, I thought fuck. it was just a mom. I didn't realize it was a mom and daughter effort. Good God, man! No, 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 no. Let's damn. get to damn my God! Wow. Riddle had a boxing glove on her hand when she arrived at school and had told officials it was super glued to her. Super glued? Wow. God damn. Wow. She's just like, I know what you're thinking. She just woke up and chose violence. They Holy did. shit. Yeah. <laughs> wow. No, it gets better. And was unable to be removed. The victim's parent arrived at the school and told police she wanted to pursue criminal charges before taking the child to a nearby hospital. Riddle was arrested and charged with one count of child abuse with a personal slash special weapon. Oof. Man. That was, they were fucking Ugh. ready. <laughs> Ooh. Wow. <laughs> okay. In my defense, okay. I just hope that this kid isn't like, you know, like a elementary or just like, uh, I'm not trying to justify anything, but she's she super glued the damn thing. Okay. The shit out of a, I agree. Of an eighth grader, you know, they had it coming. Okay. Um, too good. Do you have an article? Oh, I do. Oh, Thank you, you for bringing that yes, up. Please okay. Cool. Let me go ahead and get that sent over here to you over on, um, well, I'll do it on telegram. Yeah. Send it on, send it me on the old telly. All righty. I like keeping things secret now that Bill Gates <laughs> isn't trying to fucking buy. Uh, That's... Is, is, isn't, oh. isn't trying to buy what you call it? Uh, Discord. Discord. And all Discord. That. Yeah. yeah. I have uh... like, I've never been a big fan of Discord, honestly. I always preferred Telegram, but seeing Microsoft trying to buy Discord now is making me be uh -oh. like, oh, I'm so glad I didn't put all my. Uh, all my eggs into this basket. That's probably going to become like, <laughs> I don't know. They're going to ruin it. It's going to become Skype. Seriously. Right. I, I, almost, I almost feel like I like vindicated after telling people for years, I don't want to do Discord. You say Discord's way better. I don't. I barely even use Telegram. I don't use any type of chat thing. Oh. And now everyone's like running back to Telegram who like ran to Discord years ago. It's more secretive, honestly. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um... Right. Yeah. All right, Tuka, we're ready for you, man. Okay. So, some Alaskan Costco shoppers say ravens steal their groceries. How? Ravens How? are smart. Relatable. They're ravens, yeah. They're, yeah exactly. <laughs> like relatable. Relatable. They're, they're, yeah. Uh, they're birds. Well, you ain't never had your groceries stolen by birds before? No. Yeah. I had them. I, my I'm, food, well, I had a whole pelican at, like, the beach on Long Beach. They stole my fucking sandwich when I was, like, six, so... Yeah, birds be doing whatever the hell they want. <laughs> so. I, I had my cat stolen by by a bird once. Oh that was, that no! Was interesting. Oh wait, we had oh, a hawk okay. the, that was stalking the, our dog, and it tried to grab him a few times. It was like a big ass hawk, and we're like, "Oh lord, he oh on the menu." God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, throw rubber band guns, maybe some like you know a, a slingshot or something, try to knock right. that shit out of the air. Mm -mm. <laughs> Some Alaskan Costco shoppers say they've had their groceries stolen by ravens in the store parking lot. Matt Llewellyn said he was packing his groceries into his car in the parking lot of an Anchorage Costco when ravens swooped in to steal a short rib from his cart, the Anchorage Daily News reported Friday. A whole rack of ribs? 
It's a short rib, yeah. Wow. Oh my, they must be starving, honestly. I'm, wow. Or they just somehow, I don't know. Rib, Those I mean, must be some pretty damn good ribs. Seriously. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, birds are smart, man. They do love their meat. They right. Love their sauce and all that. Plus, they can like recognize your face in a few seconds. Oh, anyway. yeah. Those so, are some smart motherfuckers. Like crows and shit. They just be staring at you. They already know what you look like. So if you're trying to fight the bird, they will come back and kick your ass if they want to. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. You gotta be careful, man. Those beasts can do some damage. Oh, yeah. Man. So that's interesting. <laughs> Right. <laughs> we got Arizona. You got fucking big ass hawks and shit trying to steal like my vultures and shit. Try to steal my yeah, fucking coyotes. Uh, fucking in, uh, bobcats. Piazza bird. Sounds like Arizona. <laughs> Man. Jesus. Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, Lou Wallen said, quote, I literally took 10 steps away and turned around. Two ravens came down and instantly grabbed one out of the package, ripped it off and flew off with it, bro. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, he went in some ribs. Damn. <laughs> That's, That's fucking bird, man. Wait. <laughs> Just, it was in the package and the bird went off with it. That bird, how did he? Okay. That's pretty that imp- bird knew exactly what it was doing. That's pretty impressive. It was With not the me. first time. No. no <laughs> this Protect y'all no. short ribs. They no, this, 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 that bird was a heist professional. <laughs> without, mm-hmm. without a doubt. <laughs> without a fucking doubt. Uh, Llewellyn said that the piece of meat was about four by seven inches or 10 to by 18 centimeters large. God damn. Size of meal, size of bird. Wow. God yeah. damn. It must be hard being an animal, honestly, because, like, that has to be some, like, desperation, or they just think human food tastes great. I don't know. <laughs> wow. They're like, bugs are overrated. We want ribs. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, please continue. They know what they're doing. It's not the first time, Lou Wallen said. They're very fast, so I think they've got a whole system there. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shit. Oh, shit. And and once he got back home, he noticed that one of the ravens had taken a poke at another rib, but did not rob it. Oh, they made a mark. Oh, yeah. This is like, this is just kind of like your next. (laughs) Right? Wow. Said uh, Lou Wallen, uh, I cut that meat out and started marinating it. My wife said, oh, that's gross. We should take it back. Uh, Costco actually took it back even after we had started marinating them and gave us a full refund. We stand Costco. Wow. I didn't expect them to do that. Wow. Costco is just (laughs) American identity. (laughs) Shout out to the Anchorage Costco. Yeah. Hell yeah. Wow. Wow. Isn't that the Costco they sent Pitbull to? (laughs) (laughs) Isn't it? Y'all remember that? I think so. God, I God, man. It was like some like contest. It was like, hey, pick a Walmart in the U.S. for Pitbull to go and visit. And a bunch of people were like, oh, it'd be funny if we sent his butt to Alaska. So they like spammed the contest, and he actually (laughs) went there and took a bunch of photos with like the the people in Alaska and performed. I think in the Walmart. So that was God. He's he's probably thinking like, oh my God, thank goodness, I could have ended up in like bumfuck nowhere, Idaho, (laughs) (laughs) right? Yeah, or Iowa or something. Just like, oh, thank God. Right. There. Man. <laughs> uh, proceed. Alrighty. Um, my parents were minding their business after a shop and made it home with one less steak. Kimberly Waller wrote on Facebook, the bird snatched it right out of the pack in the parking lot. 
Anchorage resident Tamara Josie replied to Waller's post and referred to the Ravens as, quote, calculating. She said Ravens hovered her in an attempt to steal her groceries. I had two Ravens, one that was on the car next to me, and he kept walking really loud, Josie said. He would sit on the car and stare at me, then hop next to the bed of the truck on the other side, and he kept going back and forth. The other Raven was on the ground. He kept trying to pull. I, I had those little mini melons you have in the mesh baggies. He kept trying to grab the netting and pull my melons off the cart. What the? Wow. These little shit. These, they're bold. Oh, my God. They want Some bold motherfuckers. Truly a menace. <laughs> Fears of birds, yeah, y'all. birds, I'm telling you. They know That's their crazy, shit. That's crazy, dude. She's wow. right about the calculating See, this is, this thing. This is how you know that birds birds are just spies from the government. That's yes. how you know they're robots. <laughs> yes. Yep, yep. Birds yep. do not exist. Yep. They're just, dro- <laughs> they're just drones. Yeah. They're drones. drones. They're drones. You ever see a hummingbird outside yeah. the window? It's 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 watching you. I right. love it when they get in front of my face. Yeah. I'm birds like, are, oh, hi, friend. They birds are actually real life protogens. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> you know yeah. what? You're onto something. Wait. They're... Look, the governor is probably listening to us right now. We can't notice. They're gonna take us away. Yeah. Well, I'm in Canada, so they can't ex- extradite me. So. Mm. Well, I can speak the oh, truth. Oh well, you well you're gonna get me kidnapped. Dude, I, think well, you gotta go yeah. to, uh, I think you have to go to like Norway or Finland or wherever it was uh, Snowden ran off to. Right. <laughs> he was in Russia. Oh, Russia. Right. Wow. That's that. No, that that's a banger of an article. Wow. Yeah, it's it's insane. Bird. Like, so um, and, and apparently um. Ravens have been known to do stuff like this before. Like there was a, uh, I, I want to say it was either a raven or a crow that would attack only men wearing hats that would walk by its perch. Like women, children, just guys not wearing hats walking by, it wouldn't do anything. But if it, if they had a hat on, it would swoop down and like try to attack them and like yank the hat off their head. What the hell? What the fuck? I forget where it's from. I saw it on uh, Ripley's Believe It or Not like years ago. Wow. They just hate Men in hats. <laughs> yeah, some about men in hats just really pisses them off. So they they read. So does that mean there. that birds like meat? Oh wait! Oh, birds love meat. Yeah, that kind of. Yeah, that, as that, a bird, you can speak to that. Yeah, you're, you're oh, the, you're <laughs> love meat. For that, you know. Yeah, I'm 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 terror bird. So all, yeah, all kinds of meat. That just don't sit all right with of, me. Yeah, all like, the kinds of meat. Right. I know, like vultures and stuff, can't, but like can't have my pudding till I eat my meat. Yeah. Yeah. Walk. Oh lord, yeah. <laughs> man! Uh, Gooey, you said you had an article. Absolutely. Can you send that Ooh. to me, please? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Hey. But man, but can we just talk about that ship that's stuck in like the canal over in Egypt? Are we on day four? Yeah, they're on day four. Oh my god! Okay. Of that being stuck. <laughs> I love the meme where they just clip the boat and just move it like problem solved. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Why don't we just take it from there and put it over here? <laughs> Let's just take the boat and push it somewhere else. Yeah, put it over there. Why can't we just pull like a SpongeBob when like Patrick had the whole city put like just pushing the whole entire bikini bottom? Just like push. <laughs> it's just push. Yeah. You know it's funny. I just I just croaked. I just I, I saw just, I saw furry art of two macros moving the boat. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. Yes. Well, I guess it was, it was Star Fox and uh 
<laughs> fucking uh, Falco. Yeah, was it Star Fox and Falco? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh That's my good. god! You god. know, you know, I actually, yeah, I, I, not waste any time, I, I literally, swear. I literally just quote retreated a semi truck that <laughs> is stuck on a freeway, ironically with a evergreen shipping container on it. Uh, is this a universal thing now? <laughs> what the hell? Jesus Christ! Oh this is just year of god. the verdict. You know what? Fucking... A lot of the stuff that's happening this year has been really lighthearted. I agree. It's more lighthearted than it is bad. Of course, this is a Florida man, too. Oh, boy. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, we got a good one. Yo, this is a good one. All right. You ready, Gooey? Ready. Okay. <laughs> Get this. Florida man who tried to run to the Bermuda in an inflatable bubble rescued by Coast Guard again. Again? Wait, wait a minute. Wasn't there a story of some guy trying to like go across the ocean in an air bubble? Is it the same dude? Yeah, he tried it again. It's the same guy. Holy it's shit. the same guy. <laughs> wow. That's great. Oh, that's really- honestly. I think at this point, you just have to let nature take its course. Just oh, let, him, let, let him be oh, free. That, oh, this is a let classic. Him, let him that's, go. Florida man, be free. That's just- that's funny because that's from 2016. I actually remember this. That, yep, okay. Then I wasn't crazy. It wasn't a fever dream. Someone did that shit. Escape to the ocean, Florida man. Continue. An ultra marathon's attempt to run from Florida to Bermuda in an inflatable bubble was cut short when the Coast Guard towed him back to land for the second time. Wow. <laughs> yeah. When you just hate Florida that much. I could just see them pull up in the boat, like cut him off in front. They'll be like, God damn it, Bob. We're doing this again. And he's like, well, I'm going to go over here. He's sitting there, starts running, trying to run around them. They just hook the rope around him. It's like, like God damn it. Like, stop it. You're going to get sucked You're up into gonna this. You're going to stop me. Oh, yes, we are. Bob. Come on. Florida man does oh what they want. They just, they are a species of their own. <laughs> oh, my I'm, God. I'm convinced. I'm convinced that Florida men are are like the closestly connected to the wild. They just have like, that like spirit to them, you know. This is a classic article, man. It'd probably be if the, the apocalypse fucking happened. Classic. Florida man stops the fucking apocalypse with just a fart or something. Like, <laughs> I'd be surprised. You know what? That sounds like something Florida man would do. You know, now we got a Florida mom punching children, and now do we we bring up this classic banger? Oh, Florida from twenty sixteen, a fucking Florida man running <laughs> in a goddamn bubble trying to go to the Bermuda Triangle. This is great. And then twice the fucking Coast Guard's like, "You need to stop." It's like, God damn it again! It's like, God damn it! You know but why? It's, it's like, why does he need to stop? Just let him go. No, but it's <laughs> but it's like the chip. You're not breaking any laws. It's like the chip pack dude over at LAX. Oh yeah, yeah. That's it. <laughs> But only this time, the fucking bubble man is not elusive. This is this is kind of nostalgic. This is great. <laughs> oh, this is a classic article. The organization wasn't happy about it. <laughs> and they posted a series of critical tweets standing by the aspiring bubble runner, Reza Bellucci? Yeah, is that he got that, Bellucci. 
Had flouted its safety orders, Bellucci voluntarily ended his voyage, according to the Coast Guard on Twitter. I, <laughs> I, I know you guys say this is like old, but this is brand new to me. And I just, I can't believe someone would do this. No, that's fine. Uh, that's fine. It's just like, I, I usually try to keep things like relevant and current, but no, I'll, I'll allow it this time. I because sorry. I never, I'm, no, no, I'm no, sorry. no, no, no. It's. This is great. I just think of that being like, hey, I've seen this before. <laughs> like, it's great. I mean, if it's Florida man, it's Florida man. They do what they want. Like I said, it is a subspecies of the it human is. race. And they're just... It really is. <laughs> God just chose Florida for it, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Fucking A, man. Uh, oh my god thanks for sharing that thanks for sharing this gooey that's what? fucking great this <laughs> florida of all places it's so random but it's like all the chaotic energy is like being absorbed into florida and into the residents there <laughs> but why though i think they're us uh, like it's under a curse probably and then there's just this vortex of energy and people have like this raw sense of not giving a fuck you know what i mean no even though it's old thanks for sharing it with us that's great <laughs> oh you know the guy that stole the podium oh, oh yeah run from the capitol hill insurrection that, yeah I, and they, that was a florida man they were trying to florida they man. sold that right <laughs> they put that up for auction or something how did yeah, they? He did. How did they take out a whole ass podium in that chaos? That's just. Be- I don't know, dude. Oh, I, Florida. I, I wish I. I wish I had. I wish. <laughs> I wish I can tell you. But People inspire me, but not in a way like this. But you know what? Yeah. If you're set yeah. on something, you do it. <laughs> shit. There's a list on how not to do get get shit done. Man, holy fucking shit! <laughs> wow, this. This was a great episode. I thought so too. <laughs> yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, oh my god, <laughs> Cassidy, thank you for coming on and hanging out great. with us. That was great. Yeah, no problem. Thank you guys so much for having me. It's been fun chatting and stuff. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. yeah, no problem. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. It was. It was great. <laughs> it's awesome having you on. I'm ready awesome. to eat dinner now. Oh, right. Yes, <laughs> go get your food. Uh, yeah, quick question before oh, thank you. you. Yes, I, I loved being here. All right. Um, uh, quick, yeah, yeah. Uh, quick question before you go. I, I have a I have a Mexican friend, okay, and he has started a bet with me. Mm-hmm. I need to ask like every Mexican person that I know this, but he says that tamales are a breakfast food, and I'm like, what? No way. What? Do, do, oh, do that's consider, interesting. Do you consider tamales a breakfast food? Would you eat tamales for breakfast? Oh, okay. I'm not Mexican, but I would. I tamales would. are bank. I would. <laughs> tamales are bank. I mean, but they're like in my tamales. experience, in my experience, I haven't had tamales as a breakfast food. But also for me personally, tamales are like pretty low tier Mexican food. <laughs> mm, okay. Um, okay, you know, fair, fair. Because there's a lot of better things to try, but like tamales are just so like you know. Yeah. But like homemade tamales Maybe are like, different. Okay. Maybe I've tamales. just had them too often, you know, and they're not as like. Right. You know, like if right. someone says like a burrito to me, it's like I'm not excited about a burrito necessarily. Too right. much of a good yeah. thing. And plus, it's just like you can get that shit anywhere, but you can't get like like a certain type of burrito just anywhere. You know what I mean? Right. Or like you have to go yeah. like towards the border. That's like where you get the good Mexican. I want oh, one yeah. of those heavy burritos from the, the place near FC, the hotel. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Whatever that place is called. 
like yeah. LA, like they had like uh, the pastrami sandwiches and like burritos, like a me- like hole in a wall, just like Mexican restaurant stuff. That's where you get the good shit, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, well, that's the biggest thing we miss about going to the to the U.S. because we live in Vancouver, so we're like pretty close to the border. Uh, My mom likes to go down and eat at the Mexican restaurants in Washington nice. because oh, they're really good. There you go. She's doing it right. That's how you. That, that's how. That's how you do it. Well, already, Cassidy. Yeah, she says none of the Canadian ones are as good. All right, all right, Cassidy. Uh, thank you once again for hanging out with us. Thank you. All yeah, right. no problem, y'all. Thank on. you. Right on. All right, this concludes this episode of the SoCal Shepherd Show. Find us on Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. This is your Shepherd and West signing off and joining us once again tonight has been VHS, Gooey, Tuca, and Cassidy. Thank you guys for listening. We will see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the SoCal Shepherd Show. Follow the show on Twitter at SoCal Shep Show. Follow the Shep from the West himself at SoCal G Shep. Catch us live Saturdays at 6 p.m. on twitch.tv slash SoCalShepherd. Find us on anchor.fm and subscribe to the podcast on Spotify or anywhere you get your podcasts.